Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing tonight? Mike Iaconelli and crew, uh, this is show 11 and a very special show. Let me tell you why. Uh, before, I, before I start talking to air, let me introduce everybody, as usual. In the house, sitting to my right, Mr. Pete Glusick. How you doing tonight, Pete? I'm, I'm doing great, Mike. Great you to be have, here for number 11. Uh, uh, number 11. You have a camouflage shirt on. <laughs> what? Are you going to a rave, or what's up with that? All, all the hunting I participate in, Yes. I had to go to Walmart today to get a camo shirt. You did? <laughs> I did. I wanted to get festive, you know, get into the zone. Okay. Hey. All right, well, you're looking good. Mossy Oak, baby. Mossy Oak, I see that. Potential sponsor. Mossy Oak, if you're listening, we want your money. Uh, <laughs> on the casting couch tonight... Very special guest. Uh, let's start with the usual suspect, <laughs> Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fathead, a.k.a. Wharf, <laughs> joining us. How you doing tonight, Dave? Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, Dogfish Head 60-minute IPA on tap. And Realtree uh, camo. I, know, I see that. And the camo, too. Uh, come on, man. It's festive. Thank you. Thank you. And special guest... He's been here before, a huge friend of the show, Bob Soley. How you doing tonight, Bob? I'm doing fantastic, man. Where's your camouflage at? I do all the hunting, so I don't have to wear the camo and try to play the part, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to pose. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pose. Exactly. Okay. All right, that's good. We have no posers on the show. And, as usual, in the booth, uh, the, the two individuals that really make the show happen. And uh, special props to uh, uh, Brian Stockel, a.k.a. Brian the Carpenter, Bryce, smooth opening tonight. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, don't don't jinx it, man. Don't yeah, jinx it. Evil. Don't say that. All right, was it, you got some wood back there to knock on? Yeah, yeah. What was that? You just knocked on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's wood. <laughs> and uh, next to Brian, uh, a very key part of the show, my beautiful wife Becky. Hi, t- hi tonight, Beck. How you doing? Hi. Where's your camo at? I'm I'm um, a floating head. You're a floating head. I don't own camo. Okay, whatever. We're all posers tonight, Bob. Uh, That's true. So a lot of you are asking why there's a lot of camouflage going on in the room here. I want to answer it for you. Pete, I want to answer for everybody. Tonight is a very special hunting versus fishing nightlife. This is uh, this is groundbreaking here because we're we're going to talk about hunting tonight. Maybe more than fishing. Uh, is it like hunting is better than fishing or well, vice versa? What well, you're, go- you're going to hear all angles of it. You're going to hear all angles. You're going to hear uh, the pros, the cons. And you're going to hear a lot of stuff that's similar, which I like. I'm, I'm very excited mm. about that. Uh, so this is a very special hunting versus fishing Ike Live show. 
Exciting night, man. I'm excited. Uh, we've got some big guests tonight. Dude, we've got huge guests. We've got huge guests. And uh, l- let's see. Should, should we even announce the guests or should we? Let, let's announce them. Let's announce them. Uh, we've got a guest coming on here soon, like within the next, how many minutes, Bri? Six. Within the next six minutes. Exactly <laughs> six minutes. Uh, that's a, a superstar in the world of football. And uh, is making a special appearance via phone tonight. Dave, I noticed that you have a Chicago Bears hat on tonight. <laughs> yeah, my, my newest favorite football player is going to call in in the next six minutes. All right, do you want to give it away or should we just... Uh, let, let's leave everybody hanging on who's, who's going to uh, call in from the Chicago Bears. Uh, and then a little after that, hunting versus fishing. Mm-hmm. So who better than... G. G-Man Gerald Swindle joining us. Huge hunter. Big TV show, amazing TV show out there, uh, and, and we're going to talk Gerald. Gerald's a great guy. We're going to have fun with Gerald, and he's a BU speaker too. That's Bay right. University oh, speaker. He's, he's definitely one of our guys. I know he hunts so much this time of year that yes. we can't get him to speak for us as much as we would That's like. Right. To. He's busy. So we have to tone down that hunting a little bit and get you back out for us. Too. He's in the woods, like Bob. Bob's been in the woods for like three years. He just got out of the woods. Look at him. He's looking rough as usual. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's do this. Before we get into the meat of the show, we always start out by saying a special thank you to all the military. Thank you, guys, men and women, for what you do, active and veterans. And, and I had a little note here. Today is what? They, t- today's something special, Dave. What is it? Yeah, today marks the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor Anniversary Day. Uh, so aw- awesome time to, again, say thank you guys for what you do. We really appreciate it. Firemen, police, thank you to those guys. You know, we lost 2,400 people at Pearl Harbor. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, Americans. 20, yeah. 2,400 perished in that event. It was a, a, just a monumental uh, event that you know, occurred many, many years ago today. And the sad part about that is when we were growing up, survivors of that were senators, they were congressmen, they're all but gone. There's a few yeah. of those guys left that actually lived through that to that talk about it. Yeah, It's important to remember it all the time. I mean, it, it's We get kind of pigeonholed into thinking about it on Veterans Day, and then you forget about it. But it's important to remember it all the time, man. Well, we certainly appreciate all oh, the military does for us to protect us, and you know they certainly got activated once uh, Pearl Harbor took place, and uh, you know changed the course of history. But it was uh, it was an amazing event, and, yeah. and we appreciate everybody that uh, has been there for us. That's right, that's right. Thank you very much. And uh, let's see the other thing too. I want to mention. Uh, look around here. I want I want you to look and. I've got a bunch of stuff on the table here. I've been uh, Brian the carpenter was making me sign everything here earlier, uh, but just wanted to let everybody know real quick. Pretty important. Can we get a crotch shot here of this, Brian? Maybe <laughs> can we do a crotch shot of the hat? There you go. There's 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 our money at work right there. Look at that producing work in the back. Uh, just want to let everybody know between now and December nineteenth, so we've got a little bit of time. We're doing a very special twenty percent off. All the Ike gear on the Ike shop at MikeIkeNoli.com. So if anybody's interested in a Christmas present, check it out. That's that. Do you have anything you want to hawk today, Pete? Yes. What do you want to hawk? I've got some big news. Do you have any fake Rolexes? Or? <laughs> I'm not hawking anything, but okay. I want to announce Uh-oh. that I have recently signed with Rapala. What? There you go, Pete. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brian, Thank you. Thank you're you a sound effect or you're not ready for that? <laughs> you're not ready for a sound effect. 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 been great. We've been working with those folks for a couple years with Bash yeah. University, and uh, you know, and I'm pleased to announce a, a new relationship with me and uh, the tournament fishing that I do, and all the yeah. other things I do in the fishing business. I'm I'm awful pleased to be uh, representing them moving forward. It's awesome. It's a great company, and I mean, uh, Rappel is one that we've all used from the very beginning, and I know we've talked about it before. Dave and Bob <laughs> goes way back to the beginnings of fishing. Exactly. A freaking nine S Rapala floating minnow. <laughs> Shad wrap. I mean, key baits, you know. So. I bought into the whole DTs before you guys even know what they were, man. I was all over those DTs. You're all, you know what's funny? You have been like that your entire career. <laughs> You're always the first. But not the first to figure it out. And the first to figure no. out it's good. Not the first to figure yeah. out how to win with it. <laughs> Make difference. <laughs> I think we told a story before, but you're the first one of the guys that grew up in our neighborhood that had a bait caster. Period. Yeah, heck yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a Shimano Bantam, I believe it was called. Yeah. Roland Martin you got it, it on me on one of his shows. No, I believe it was Kmart. Kmart? Yeah. It could have wow. been best, best, though, but I think it was Kmart. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Well, best. I haven't heard of that store for a long time. Best. Defunct. No. No no longer here. Dude, Defunct. you know where Best was? It's where uh, the Today's Man and like, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dix is. That was that building. That was best. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, (laughs) whatever. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, what are we doing back there? Uh, He looks pissed off. Something's gone wrong. I'm working, man. Leave me the Uh, heck alone. (laughs) I did jinx it. You see that? I said that nothing was going wrong. I look back there now. He looks disgusted. Yes. Read your notes. Something's gone wrong in the back. Well, according to my notes, we're ready for a phone call. (laughs) You have that ready? Keep stalling. (laughs) Folks at home, what you don't realize is that back, back behind me here is the booth. And it's like every bad movie where the air traffic controller is trying to tell the civilian how to fly the plane. Like, <laughs> all right, there's a green button next to the yellow one, but don't push the amber one, you know? <laughs> Whatever you do. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. I tell you, I'm excited we didn't announce the next guest because he might not be coming on. Yeah, <laughs> I might be, I'm pretty glad I didn't say anything. I might be getting back on the Trent Cole bandwagon as my favorite player in about nine <laughs> seconds, dude. You're going to swap mid-show. That's funny. That's well, you know, worst case scenario, we could have somebody leave the room, get get on their cell phone, and just act and like this guy, right? Like <laughs> a like a band crank. I want to talk about. I want to talk about this guy. I mean, it was we will. It was so amazing. Like uh, you know, I know we're leaving everybody in suspense because they don't know who's coming. They're all on the edge of their chair right now. But he did an amazing thing. You know, in NFL football, that that tied, uh, that that connected yeah. all the fish heads in yeah. the world, and and many of you watching this may may have seen it and have an idea of what we're talking about. And that's the beauty of. I'm glad you said that. Use the term fish head. That's the beauty of this thing is that it spreads out through many walks of life, many mm-hmm. demographics. We're talking about hunters that fish tonight, but we're talking about there's athletes out there, there's actors. There's people in the entertainment business. Did you say athletes? Athletes. How many syllables is that? Uh, three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they all fish. That's an interesting interesting thing. Well, it is. It connects all of us, you know, and it doesn't matter. I mean, we, you know, we talk about this a lot, you know. You can be young, old, you know, male, female, handicapped. You can be a, a very wealthy person or a person that, you know, just goes to the bank, you know, because we, we're all connected because we love this sport. We love being outside. And, uh, 
I hear, I hear something. Sure, I hear a phone rip. But look at the dichotomy in this room. You could have a giant fat head, <laughs> still love fishing. You could be dumb as a rock, like Brian in the booth, <laughs> and still like fishing. So, so what do we got, Brian? We, uh, we have an active uh, phone system now. Did you figure it out? I don't. I can't right. hear you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can never get away from it. <laughs> All right. Do you have Do you have an active phone system for us, Brian? I believe we do. You do. Okay. I believe so. so. Without further ado. Okay. Without further ado, I've been keeping you guys suspense long enough. Joining us via phone, the one, the only, Willie Young. Willie, are you on the phone tonight with us? Oh, yeah, man. I'm glad I had this opportunity, man, to to sit down and talk it up with y'all for a little while. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Thank you for joining us. I, 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 be honest with you, I can't believe it. Our producer is an idiot, and nothing ever works. So having you actually on the phone is amazing. That's perfect. <laughs> you, well, he came through tonight, man. <laughs> That's what's up. He, he did. Right. He did. Well, we're going to serve him a couple beers after the show, so we'll cut him a break. Uh, <laughs> Howard, where are you calling from tonight? You guys are like traveling salesmen this time of the year. Where are you calling from? I'm over in uh, Vernon Hills, Illinois. Okay. Basically, you know, right, 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 right by the facility. So. Okay. Convenient for me. Now here's yeah. a here's a question for you. So in the Chicago area, have you actually fished some of that stuff? Lake Michigan, Chicago um, River. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, the, the the couple of local spots because of my schedule, it doesn't allow me to really get away and like just really get after it the way I want. But I got caught by the police a couple of times <laughs> just, down, just down the street. I mean, I must have got caught about three or four times. And um, obviously I can't hide. And uh, that was the first and last time. And one of the, the last spots that I went to, man, it was loaded. They're, they're always the best spots. The spots you get chased oh, from man. are always the best spots. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to tell you. about it. I got to tell you, right now I'm looking around at, at the knuckleheads in this room. Combined at least thirty tickets over the years from this room alone, so we know what you're talking about. It's always the best spots. Willie, our, our, hey Willie, yeah. Willie, pretty much when you go fishing with our producer, you're guaranteed a ticket of some sort. Yeah. Whether it's a, in your car or in a boat, law enforcement just seems to be around him every time yeah. we're out, man. Well, we got something in common that we've never met before. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. All right, so I, I, I need to talk about. It right off the giddy. I've got it queued up. You got it queued up. Okay. We so we're we're gonna Willie, we're gonna play it real quick. Just I think everybody in the fishing world's already seen this, but for those who haven't seen it, Brian, play this real quick. We're gonna show this clip, an amazing clip. I want everybody to watch this. Watch this sack and watch what happens here. What? Oh! oh bam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There, one more time. One more time. Hold on. There's the sack. There's the sack. I'm not as excited about that part as in about the next part here. I, I've seen this 20 times at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we – that's amazing. That's amazing, man. Unbelievable. Uh, so we've got we got a little bet going on here tonight. I don't know if this is legal, but we've got a bet going on. We okay. need to know, Willie, what kind of hook set was that? Was that – my 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 guess was you were flipping mats, Dave. What did you say? Yes. I think he was flipping timber. You were flipping timber, <laughs> Bry. We have, what did you have right there, Bry? Did you say drop shot? Yeah. Oh yeah. You think it's a drop shot hook set? Which oh, one? Wow. 
Which on one? Romo. Romo, the Romo hook set. Oh, the Romo hook set? No, that was a jig hook set. That's a jig hook set. Yeah, no, no. Don't read the, no, read the damn notes. I ain't read it. I can't read. Somebody get him glasses. <laughs> uh, so can we clarify, what kind of hook set was that? That was, that was a jig. Yo, that was a very thick mat. It was a thick yeah. mat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? No, nice. No, no I'm, saying, I'm saying he drop shot at Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Now, Willie, I'm, I'm saying you cane pulled oh, okay, Colin Kaepernick, yeah, Willie. Yeah, I'll take that. No, no, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, you know, I've been fishing a lot this year. Um, no, Kaepernick, I think Kaepernick was the, um, I was jigging. I was jigging on Kaepernick. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was jigging. Looked like a spinner yeah, rod. I went, I took it way, I took it way back, I think. You cane pulled him, didn't I you? Had, I had two of them. I had two of them against Kaepernick. Okay, yeah. Well, he is a West Coast guy. It would be appropriate that it would be a drop shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. light line him. <laughs> yeah, you got a light line, a little more when, finesse. Well, due to circumstances, you know, <laughs> it was kind of the first thing that came to mind. I didn't, I didn't, I never rehearsed him. Really? I never rehearsed him. Yeah, it, it just, it's just like a matter of what, what it's a matter of what's going through my head. From the time I nail the quarterback and get up, and it's like, okay, let's go for it. Uh, <laughs> every bass angler, especially in our area, Willie, is a, if they didn't know about you, will love you now because of the Eagles Cowboys rivalry. You setting a hook on Romo is, is by far the best it's, one, man. It's, it's the best. That's the best. It's the best. Yeah. You know, Philly fans are hard to convert, but I think you've just converted a couple thousand. Yeah, you, so. If you came to Philly, you'd be a rock star, my man. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Hey. Uh, yeah, Philly had a tough one tonight, too. I heard Ike a big Philly fan. Yeah. I, I am. I'm a Philly fan. Born and raised. You have to be. By default. You have I, to I'm, be. Not, I'm not mad at you, man. <laughs> but I'm not I, mad. Here, here's what I want to know. I want to figure out, I mean, in bass fishing, if, if there's anything celebration-wise when you catch one or whatever, they hate it. Mm-hmm. People hate it. They come down on you. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. What, what can we do in the bass fishing world to, to make this okay? What do you think, Pete? Well, I think you've done it. I've done it. I think so. I mean, people, I don't know, man. People got all different sort of kind of opinions. And I I thought when I, where I thought my technique was really good, um, you know I had a lot of people criticizing me about it. But like, well, if you can dictate what I'm doing, then that's actually pretty good technique. Um, <laughs> is this the first? Is this your first time you use this at a celebration, Willie? Is what you do last year, the year before? Is this the first year you're bringing no. this out? I actually started this, um, might have been my junior year, junior or senior year in college. And uh, it was, uh, a lot of people been think, a lot of people think that I stole that dance from um, Brian Rob- uh, Robertson from uh, Minnesota. Yeah, he holds up the but fish. But I've been doing that. I've been doing that since like I was in college. My senior, my later, my later, my 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 junior senior year, I started doing it. Not as much. You know, obviously the stage wasn't that big. It wasn't on the really, uh, on the, wasn't really on the winning side of things for the most part. So you don't get all the recognition you do when you're, when you're winning. And that's not necessarily the case right now for the Bears, man. But, uh, uh right now, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of taking flight, you know. Um, uh, I've been doing it now for a couple of years, man. Just like I say, last year I was in Detroit. I ended up with three sacks. I don't know how many I should have had, but uh, 
I had three sacks, so you wouldn't have seen him as much last year. But this year, he's actually got a, I've actually gotten the chance to get it off the ground and like you know let the world know that hey, this this guy's an avid fisherman. I saw you ice fishing. I saw you ice fishing, man. I saw it. Oh yeah, come on. <laughs> That, that's 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 awesome. So I, we we need to know. We ask a lot of guests that are on the show. How how did you start fishing? So you're in Florida, Georgia area. What 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 got you started? What was your start? Uh, um, my dad. My dad introduced it to me at a very young age. I think when he in, introduced it to me, I don't think that I even knew what I was doing at the time. Um, but my dad, uh, like you say, in Florida, Georgia area. My mom lives in Georgia. Um. And my dad's from Florida, so I was kind of always back and forth or whatever. Well, when my dad was in Georgia, and he would go fishing all the time, uh, he would fish Lake Eufaula. I'm sure you guys oh, are yeah. somewhat familiar. Awesome lake. Somewhat awesome familiar lake. lake. Yeah. And um, he would go fishing, and he would. He started out, what I can remember, uh, what I remember is when he came home, he would have a, a mini uh, crappie and coolers just stacked with ice. And Specs. he would bring the, the minnow buckets. He had a little stat, a little hiding spot for his minnow buckets. And I, I guess I kind of, you know, wandered around enough until I discovered where they were and found out that there were like like 10 dozen of little baby fish swimming around. And uh, my, me and uh, my two brothers, man, somehow we find out, found ourselves in the tub with the minnows. And I think for some reason, <laughs> some, maybe something about the way that they, they wiggled and stuff, man, it just kept building on and on from there and just kept going, kept going. And my passion for it just kept growing and kept growing. And uh, um, those minnows, as far as those minnows go, we tried to put them back in the minnow bucket, but before you know it, they were all dead. And uh, my dad woke up the next morning mad. But uh, I don't think to this day, I don't think he remembers that. I don't think he knows what happened to his minnows at all. But, um, yeah. Um, but, you know, from there, we just kept fishing, man, growing up, fishing the little creeks and streams and little ponds and back up in the woods where you got to go through stick and broad patches and stuff just to get a cast and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Then somewhere along the way, um, my child was about 11, 12. I moved to Florida. Like I say, I was always back and forth. So I kind of got a taste of late Okeechobee. Um, then I got a taste, a taste of a little bit of brackish water, and then I got a taste of offshore with some buddies of mine in high school. And um, I think that's when I realized that uh, fishing was like my, that was like my life then. But then when I found out that I could play football and you can make money playing football, so I figured why not give it a shot. I was pretty good at football. Make some money and I can buy me a boat and I can fish all day for the rest of my life. And, uh, <laughs> good, I'm on course good for that. Choice. I'm good on choice. course for that. <laughs> good, good choice. So, good choice. It's interesting, man. We, uh, it, It's funny how a lot of people we talk to on the show start the same way. They get that bug as a kid and they just mm-hmm. it builds and builds and builds until you're bitten with it for good. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see how you can not. Like I don't, yeah. I just don't see how you can not like fishing, you know. Um, I, it's just it's something about it that's catchy, you know. That it just keeps you coming back. It keeps you coming back. I, I sometimes feel like whenever I, I lose a fish, I lose a battle versus against a fish. It's, uh, let's, let's, let me let me remind you guys that the fish don't have feet, don't have hands. You know, he can't talk, so. He defeats you with what you know. Some something is something there that he defeats you with. So I don't know if that's the 
reason I keep coming back for more or trying to catch that one that I lost or what, man. But it's like something that's always nagging at me. So I think if you guys, you guys are going to ask me about how this thing turned into a sack celebration on Sundays, well, I'm not able to fish the way I want to fish for, you know, four or five months out of the year. So I figure I had to figure out some kind of way to, you know, um, <laughs> to, to get some fishing in, and I think I found a really good way to get it done on Sunday. So, gotcha. Uh, requires a lot of hard work. Well, it looks it looks really good. Like I said, I'm an Eagles fan too, and I really appreciate you laying that down on Romo for us. But uh, oh yeah, man, no problem, no problem. You call me anytime you need a favor. <laughs> well, we actually we actually do, Willie. Um, we need a favor. <laughs> So on the set, we've come up with two different hook sets we would like you to maybe choose between to celebrate on your next sack if you're willing to participate in this. Oh. Okay, well, being that I don't rehearse, and I just left Bass Pro Shops about two hours ago, right? Ah. I too much money, so I had to make sure I got out of there fast. <laughs> and, um, and that being said, I was somehow wandered off into the, the, the bowl the boat at a Bow and Arrow, uh, you know, area, whatever the archery deal, and I and I see this this bow, and the first thing that came to my mind was was my brother, because my brother actually bow fishes, and I'm not even close to not even close to as good as he is with that bow, but I saw this bow and I'm like, you know what? Hmm, I got an idea, and the first and then the next thing that came to my mind was, I think I might go bow fishing. I might just go bow fishing uh, uh, Monday. We got Monday night. It's going to be a, uh, a big stage for us. We got the, uh, the Saints. And uh, I don't think there'll be a better time other than the, than uh, Monday night to bring All out right. that bow. So after you drive an arrow through Breeze and really men, <laughs> will you please do one yeah. of our suggestions on the next one, maybe against Rogers next time you meet him? I don't know. <laughs> well, it will, not if I can get me two this week coming up, you know. There you go. Yeah, yeah. My, go. my vote so what, is... What my, you guys had tomorrow? My vote is still, i got to tell you, my vote, I'm going to go with the jerk bait. I'm going to go with the hard cadence, the hard rips to the side, two twitches, oh, a pause, two more twitches, and a, <laughs> and a sweep. I'm going to go jerk bait. Where are you going to go, Pete? Man, I, I like the sweep set. Just that. Sweep set. Just that yeah. hard, sweet sweep set. Sweep man. set to the side. Rotate to the oh, side, man. Yeah. Just lay it out. Yeah. Dave? Willie? So if I do if I do the jerk bait part, let's say if I do the jerk bait, what kind of cast? You want an underhand cast, overhand side? What, you, what kind you want? I'm going to say a little roll cast. One of those old Jimmy Houston, Dr. Giggles, little okay. roll cast out there. <laughs> little okay, flip. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I we're, got you. Because the cast is a very, the cast plays a very big part in that's important. letting the, the audience know what kind of what kind of technique that you're yeah. about to use. That's important. And that's why mine will be the best, Willie. I want you with a spinning rod to click the bell <laughs> open with your finger on the light line, and I want you to fire that tube under the dock as far as you can. Ooh, skip it! And then sec the hook right uh, on Roger's face. The skip. Well, did you see that? Did you see the one from uh, Detroit two weeks ago? No. Detroit. Oh, hold on, hold on. No, we didn't. What you do, Willie? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I put it up under the dock. Uh, what that was two weeks ago. Oh man, all right, dude. <laughs> Sorry. I put it up. I put it way up under there too, man. Did Came you really? out of there with a Stafford Stafford bass? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start press pre- pressuring uh, dancing with the starters on NFL Network to get some of your stuff on there, man. Every single week. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> Come on, dude. They're the best, man. <laughs> How about tournament fishing, Willie? Any tournament fishing in your future? 
Um, you know, I just purchased a, um, I just purchased my first machine. It's a uh, 36 Invincible with uh, triple outboards, uh, pushing about 900 horse. That's a, b- wait a minute, that's a big machine. <laughs> yeah, that's a machine. great big it's, machine. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a Ranger, it's not a, a Nitro, it's not that one, not this stuff. Wow. <laughs> not, you, yet, not yet, anyway. I gotta tell and, you, uh, Willie, D- Dave, our, our couch guest here, is sitting here drooling, because he's got a 10-foot canoe, so oh, man. there's a little bit of drool coming out of his mouth right now, just gotta tell you. Tell him I got a, um, tell him I got a call and box in the front of my, my 36 Invincible. He can keep it in if he wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a sight that would be. Yeah, how about it? <laughs> no bass boat, Willie? Say that again? No bass boat? No, not yet. I was um, I'm trying to I was trying to get one this past off season, but I got stuck with that 36 Invincible. And, uh, you know, I guess back and forth to the Bahamas and stuff like that, but um, I'm definitely looking in, looking forward to one because I only live about uh, I'm only like 25 minutes from Lake Okeechobee. Man, that's awesome, dude. That's yeah, awesome. I'm a skip and a hop, and I'm like 20 minutes from you know from the ocean, so it's like so here, I'm in the, I'm just right in heaven, you know. Can can you frog somebody then next time next sec maybe? <laughs> oh, frog bite, frog them, dude. Frog them, yeah. top water, huh? Yeah. Work it, work it low, work it low. Set the hook. Come on, man. You gotta have a little delay oh, in the hook. You gotta, you gotta delay the hook. You set. gotta delay. Are you gonna? You gonna? Oh lose man, that, <laughs> I, that one might be. You know, well, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge, guys. You have a, a, a very short window <laughs> to get on your feet and do whatever it is that you do to celebrate your big play. And there's a guy that wears a black. I don't know if you've ever seen seen these, these guys. It's about five or six of them. Hmm. These guys wear like black and white stripes, <laughs> and they're not very friendly. So they're they're like just waiting, like John Wayne with with his hand on the holster, ready to pull that thing out. Like they're just waiting to throw a little yellow piece of you know cloth. I think we probably we we literally probably have about like maybe five seconds if that. Wow! <laughs> then Willie, just go right to the cadence, right to the cadence in the hook set. Because let's be realistic, ninety percent of football fans okay. don't even know what you're doing anyway. No, well here's what I suggest. Okay. Here's what I suggest. <laughs> I, listen to me, uh, Brian, the producer. Besides being a terrible producer, is independently wealthy, so we'll pay your fine for you. I want you to take a a, a rotten reel out. One of those Ron Propeal pocket fishermen. <laughs> like Willie, you can find somewhere to stick that Ron reel. You get and the sock. sack. Sock. In your sock. In yeah, sock. put it oh God. in your sack. No, not sack. Put it in your sock. I'm listening. I'm listening. Pull that thing out. As big as Willie is, T.O. had a, a mark. varicose vein in his leg. Did T.O. have a mark? Yes. T.O. had a Sharpie in his sock. Well, I hit some in the goalpost or something. I thought it was a sock. So what brand spinning reel am I using? What brand? Spinning reel should I purchase? Abu Garcia. It's got to be Abu Garcia, of course. <laughs> Abu Garcia. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to. Oh my God. It's gotta be. We'll go back and edit that oh, out later. Man. But we're live, so we had to say Abu Garcia. So. <laughs> Is it my turn yet? Yeah, it's your turn. What, what do you got? Do we have some feedback, Rebecca, from uh, for Willie? What do we have? Hi, Willie. This is. Hey, Rebecca. How you doing? I'm good. Okay, so good. I'm not so much into the hunting or fishing. I'm here for 
everyone else. Yes. So I'd like to know the cars you have in your garage because whenever we have a football player on, I want to know the cars they have in their garage. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I give you guys, I give each one of you guys two guesses, and I'm willing to bet you that you have no idea. Oh, one oh. of them you one of them you may expect, but the other one you, you may not you may not expect it. Oh. All right, I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, let's see. I, I I'd like to guess instead of any of those exotics, I'm gonna go with a, a old school muscle car. But it could be a classic, or it could be the the newer version of a classic. Could be like the new Camaro. Not even, not, not even, I'm sorry. Not no even muscle car. Name. Okay. All right. I'm I, off. Not I, even close. He's got it. No. You're close to one of them. You're close to one of them, but not. not All right. uh, you you got to have an F-150. you got to have a truck. pickup in that no, garage. It's an F-650. With, in, uh, close, not an F-150. It is a truck, though. Yeah, it's a truck. It is a truck. Okay, it is a Pete, truck. you're getting close. That counts. Any so, chance? Somebody guessed you have a Prius. Oh, oh, oh no! I, you know my yeah, my, my knees wouldn't even fit in. I, even fit in my knees. I would have to put my knees in the trunk, maybe. If I wanted to go that route. We'd have to have a custom Prius made for Will, you. Willie, before I lay my guest down, I just got. Do you uh, do you listen to old school music? Absolutely. You got a '98. Ninety-eight. Uh-huh. What? My no, ninety-eight. Old. My ninety-eight Oldsmobile. No. Come on, man. He's got a ninety-eight. <laughs> ninety-eight Oldsmobile. No. No. Come on, Chuck. If it's good enough for Chuck D, it's good enough for Willie Young. <laughs> 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 no. He's ten um, years younger than us. All right, we no, suck at guessing. Have, Tell us I what you have. Made, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What you say? No, I said we suck at guessing. So tell us what you have. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I knew you guys. My point was, you guys wouldn't even be close. I have a. F three fifty dually. Oh, dually! Oh, we can be friends. I drive a dually too. Yes. Yeah. Um. And I have a uh, two thousand six the big boy Hummer um, H two. I got some. um, It's candy apple red, and uh, the rims are actually. The, the rims match the can out for red, and the rims are like I think like thirty inches. Ooh, I I can I am visualizing the bass boat for you right now. 21-foot candy apple red bass cat <laughs> with the big rims on it. With the 300 on the, the back. The 300 outboard on the back of that bass cat. <laughs> candy apple red. Uh, 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 that. Tell, think about that. Uh, yeah. That's the combo. Yo, that boat would have candy apple red wake behind it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a boat to sell what, if, if you need that's one. That's not bad. That's actually not a bad idea. I mean, that would look really good. That would look sick riding down the highway. You know that? That would look awesome. That would look awesome. We can hook you oh, up. Give us, give us a shout. <laughs> we know how to do that. <laughs> man. Next, try to yeah, sell I, I have a boat, man. a motor, some power poles, whatever you need. Yeah, I'll, I'll build it for you. Beck's trying to sell you okay. stuff on air here. So. <laughs> well, we can talk to you off air about some of that stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, let me, let me tell you, Willie, thank you for joining us on such short notice, man. We, uh, i got to tell you, a bunch of Philly guys, you've converted us, and, and we are now Chicago Bears fans across the board. Dave was a little Man. bit for a while, but we are now, and we're going to be following you, and we're going to be looking for that next hook set. So nice, appreciate it. Thank nice. you for joining us, man. Fans for life, fans for life. Thanks, Willie really Young. Hey, Willie really Young, everybody. Really Good luck the rest of this season, buddy. Good luck. Hey, thanks a lot. Stay healthy, buddy. Hey, 
If you guys ever want to come down for a fishing trip down to Palm Beach, man, y'all hit me up, man. Let me know. I got you. I'm in. I'm in, too. Be careful with that, Bill. We're coming. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> we'll bring Dave's hey, canoe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank thanks, you, guys. Thanks, Willie. Thank you very much, Willie. <laughs> wow. Good guest, man. That was fun. That was, that awesome. was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, it's true, though. In football, you can celebrate like a mother. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff. But when you do it in fishing, people jump down your throat. It's the craziest thing in the world, man. <laughs> but they don't throw flags in fishing. No. But what I'm saying, so, so if they're doing, you know, those guys are celebrating. Willie's doing the fishing thing, celebrating. What do you do celebrating fishing? Do the do the football spike? Do you get the bass and just <laughs> yeah, just yeah, get <laughs> a non keeper? No, Mike, open up the live well and just spike him into the live well. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. We got to come up with some good celebrations. All, all, for the all of those suggestions are ill advised. Ill advised. <laughs> Bad decision. Don't do any of that. Don't do any of that. One that like that musky guy. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, let I, me. Uh, I have seen you do quite a bit of celebrating. I, I occasionally celebrate. I mean, I'm talking about he, what he what he say he had what five minutes? No way. He said five seconds. Five seconds. He's got a short time. Five, I seen you go off for five minutes. Five minutes. Wow. <laughs> and I've never seen a penalty. Have you ever seen me stab a wall with a fishing rod well, and, I, and I, actually drive it right into I've, the drive wall? I've seen quite a few things. <laughs> yeah, it surprised I mean, me over the years. I watched him argue with a chihuahua on a dock. Chihuahua. <laughs> 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 I don't think it was a chihuahua, but that's funny. <laughs> uh, let, let me tell you, did, did we have, uh, real quick, did we have a technical difficulty? Should I? Should I even mention that, or are we Well, good? you could address it, yeah. Um. Uh, we may have had a, a small technical okay, we difficulty. Did. We had a technical we difficulty did. that we have been recording the entire time we've been okay. live, but it was not broadcasting on the website. Okay. So, we are up. You can see everything now. The problem is, people missed the first part of the show. It will re-air first uh, thing tomorrow morning. You can see it online. Okay, that's good to know. So, for anybody that missed a little bit of the show, if you had a little issue, uh, you could always get any of these shows from show one to now. Awesome. You can download them for free, right? Just mm-hmm. on, uh, on com, the Ike Live tab. So if you miss a little bit, check it out tomorrow. Download it again. You don't want to miss it because there was some good stuff that was, there. That was really what good. What the hell on our show? Why does our show? <laughs> they want to know why our show never works. Why does our show ever just go in the air? It's not our fault. <laughs> this one was not our fault. It's never our this fault. This was the web guy's fault. It was like, the web I can go to a dollar fault. store and buy two walkie talkies. For the first time ever, this one was not. I don't blame. I can't. I can't blame it on the web guy. <laughs> I love the web guy. We love the fault. web guy, but this time it was him. I'm sorry. I love you. It was. Uh, well, I think what you ought to do is tell people who we were just talking to, because those people that missed the introduction. That's did, true. Came uh, in. Well, that's in a good middle. point. That's a good point. So if anyone missed it, we uh, had an everyone amazing. <laughs> we had an amazing call. <laughs> With Willie Young from the Chicago Bears. Uh, great phone call. Don't want to miss it. Watch and, it again. Tomorrow. And why did we have him on? Uh, we had him, we had him on because he uh, he celebrated with a cast. He's a fish head. He's a fish head. <laughs> He's a fish he head. He set the hook on Tony Romo. On, on his face. Oh. I mean, literally on his face. <laughs> he set the hook. It was an amazing we, uh, celebration. Get that video back up and play it. No, let's not put the video back up. <laughs> well, well, people can download it. Go check it out. He was a great guest. A lot of fun to talk to. Good call, guys. 
serious fishermen, saltwater, freshwater, Okeechobee, yeah. uh, down at Lake Eufaula. Yeah. Uh, re- really fun fun guy to talk to. Awesome. And, and he invited the show to come down to Clearwater and fish with him. So wow. when are we booking that? <laughs> show. That's right. Watch that the show. Dude. That's right. And I actually, I think, did he say something about he's going to uh, send us down in his candy apple red uh, <laughs> stretch hummer? He's going to send the stretch hummer up to here to pick us up and bring us down right. candy apple red. <laughs> candy apple red. I like it. All right. We're going to take him up on that. Uh, let's keep going. So we've got, uh, uh, for, for those of you who probably already know, we've got a great friend of the show, Mark Jeffries, from a great website called Bass Zone. Super website, friend of the show. Uh, he has a great web show, a live web show called Bass Talk Live. Um, and he's doing a new little series, and it's starting in late December, after the holidays. And it's a series that dives into... Anglers, but on a broader scale, you know what I mean? Uh, Talking about stuff that happened in their lives, monumental stuff, the stuff people don't want to talk about, the secret stuff. This is what the show's all about. And we've got... What do we have, Bri? Do we have a, we have a promo on this? Uh, why are you shaking your head again? Do we have a promo on this we're going to play for Mark? Um, well, it's a really cool concept. It's a great I concept. I mean, you know, when, when you watch the television shows, whether it's Bassmasters or FLW, you see the guys win the tournaments. You see, you know, some amazing decisions and, you know, but behind the scenes is the stuff that you don't really get to see. I mean, you know, the sacrifices that these guys have made to get themselves in that type of position. Yeah. Uh, you know, the work, the dedication. Um, you know, a lot of times there's a there's some tremendous uh, events in their lives that have that have taken place that have you know inspired them, and uh, you wonder how some of them can keep going. But these these are the types of things we haven't really seen in bass fishing yeah. before. You know, about and, these competitors, and it's so. great because they're, they're they're anglers are people like everybody else. Normal mm-hmm. stuff happens, ups and downs in life, and uh, the, the normal stuff. Yep. People are people. And it's going to be interesting to say. It's going to allow people to connect with the anglers. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think that I think for those that are into the sport, I think they're really going to like it. All right. Well, we're going to run a little promo piece here. Uh, Brian and Carpenter, you ready? You want to run this little piece? This is a glimpse at what this new segment on Bass Zone is going to look like. And uh, and I was the guinea pig uh, for the show. So check out the uh, the clip for right here. I mean, there you have it. It's uh, I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm sitting there watching it for the first time myself. It looks exciting. Uh, it's going to be called 20 feet deep, and again, it's it's going to be 
a series of events uh, looking into anglers' lives, looking into what made them who they are. And uh, it's something different in the sport. So uh, check it out. We're going to have more on it on the next Psych Live show. But you're definitely going to want to pencil this into your calendar. Uh, it's going to be a great thing, uh, 20 feet deep at, at, uh, at Bass Zone. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but, but let's keep it going. And uh, in the meantime there, while we were playing that, we did a little musical chairs. Uh, we actually put uh, Mr. Bob Soley next to me over here. And uh, and we put Pete over there on the casting couch. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> look, 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 here's a new view of Pete. Look at that. Pete's over here in the ghetto. Uh, look at that. So that that's a new view. That's actually well. Go back to that, Brian. I want to show everybody that that's not that's no longer Pete tight. That's Pete couch. Pete couch. Right there. Pete that ouch. shot is Pete couch. Pete ouch, man. Pete ouch. It could be too. I, I like that view of you, Pete. This is a good view. It's um, nice over here. But we're going to keep going, uh, and uh, right now, before I get into the hot topic, which is the theme of the show, I want to remind everybody, we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you have to say. Lots of ways to get a hold of us here on the show. Uh, you could always uh, question us, uh, send us a question on Twitter. It's Mike underscore Iconelli. Uh, you can use the IM feature directly on the webpage. Send us a message. Or you could call in. And I don't know, what time, Brian? What time are we going to do the after hours? About, what would we say, about 10 o'clock? About 10 o'clock, yeah. About 10 o'clock from 10 to 11, it's going to be strictly phone call from you guys. Phone calls and messages from you guys. We're calling it Ike After Hours, so from 10 on, we're taking all questions. But anytime you have a question, let us know. But let's get into it. Uh, we've, we've switched here. And here's the hot topic, man. It's real easy. The hot topic this week is hunting versus fishing. Hunting versus fishing. Hunting versus fishing, Bob. I don't know. I've had the opportunity to do both my life. I think they're both great. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys got the camo on tonight. But an outdoor adventure, you guys are taking the trash to the curb, dude. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What about the shoes? You know, I'm scared. Some credit. Dude, this no, guy's no, going to no, sit no. in a tree stand with those things on, man. No, they're Gucci. They're Gucci loafers. Look at that. I mean, come oh, on. They're going to grab that tree. Yeah. Come on. That is, I, they're swell, dude. The deer would love them. Swell. Yeah. 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 You know, so so, uh, let me kick it off like this. So this is going to be a great show because there's so many things I want to hear about. But for those of you that want to say hunting versus fishing, not always negative. Like, you know, we're, we're, we can go around the room and we could all say what's our favorite. But what I find the most interesting about it is the similarities. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. We yeah. talk about it all the time. There are so many freaking similarities between hunting and fishing. It, it, it just it, it blows me away. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, for anyone that thinks that luck is involved with fishing or hunting, they're freaking crazy. I mean, luck plays a factor in anything yeah, you like do. Yeah, like that Yeah, much. yeah, yeah. Hard work and, you know, everything you do, preparation, all that stuff gets you in a spot to maybe get, you know, luck on your side a little bit. But that's not a determinant factor in success, no. without a doubt. I mean, all those terms we use in fishing, you use in hunting, right? Like uh, yeah. Pa- pattern, like patterning. Yeah, seasonal patterns for whitetails. Is it, you know, Movements. summer? Yeah, absolutely. Summer-type patterns, or is it during? I even say, I don't even use the term really rut, you know, is it spawn? Or, the, or the, you know, bucks pre-spawn, spawning, or post-spawn? You know, because that's in my mind the way I think about it. And even, like, this year I started... Um, 
you know, just basically throw a dart at the map and wherever it landed. You know, I'm a public property hunter. That's the way I grew up. And, you know, I started hunting actually before I started fishing. I didn't start fishing tournaments until I was in my mid-20s. But all the time I spent walking around as a kid in the woods and, and whatnot definitely helped me dissect lakes once I did get into a tournament boat. And now it's like it's gone full circle because I don't fish as much, but I hunt like crazy. Right. And all those things, those times that we went away, you know, fishing these places we've never been to before. And that's kind of where I am now. You know, I could pick a public piece of property. You know, this year I went to Illinois. never saw the place. Two and a half days of practice. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. You know, and try to get dialed into what's going on. And today with the technology I have today, and I'm kind of old school, you know, type of dude. I pick things up and I put them down type of guy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, kind of, you know took some time to get get into using them and stuff but uh you know with a gps and your smartphone and all that other stuff you could see like a pinch point and you know i can see your face wow i never had anyone adjust my hat like that damn it but you you know i hunt these humongous places uh you know public property wise you know anywhere from you know fifteen thousand acres to a hundred thousand acres and you know, I could look at my smartphone and, you know, walk directly three miles deep in the woods right to a pinch point, you know, without, yep. you know, saying, oh, is it over this hill or is it over the next hill yep. or whatever the case may be. So you could dissect the woods really fast, um, you know, and then, but there's some things like, you know, with tournament fishing, you know, you, you know the deal. You want to get an idea. You yeah. don't necessarily need to um, <laughs> sit on a spot and stick a bunch of fish to realize it's good, you know, right. and that's kind of how I hunt, too. You know, I go through the woods, you know, because with white if you leave a lot of scent, you know, you just plow through the woods, it's, it's going to be like sitting on that spot there in practice. It's not going to be good for the tournament, you know. So I just go out there and, you know, you kind of you get an idea of what's going on, the pattern. You know, like when I went to Illinois this year, um, you know, I just happened to be, you know, I walked out to a pinch point and I saw a real good buck in the middle of the day cruising on the edge of a CRP field, you know, and... You know, when you see that, you know, the bucks are kind of, you know, it's the peak of the rut. You know, they're looking for does, right. you know. And then twice I actually saw um, bucks break away with those from, you know, the, the major wood lot and just break away to isolate a cover. So, you know, the first thing I did was pull out my phone. I looked at similar areas, just like you would tournament fishing. Yeah. You know, look at a map. You know, I caught like them pat- here. Like yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly the same yep. thing. You know, and I found a couple spots like that that were pinch points, you know, that and they're around bedding areas, you know. I really wasn't, like, focused on any of the food or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I never saw the place before two hours into the first day on it. You know, I had a 10-pointer chase a dough right to my tree. And it was just it's over. It was just crazy. Like, but it was, you know, all, I did, like, a tremendous amount of homework Googling it. Right. And when I Google it, I kind of Bing, Bing maps it, you know, kind of gives you the winter version of it with no foliage in the woods. You can yep. see all the bedding areas. You can see, like, a cluster of oak trees or whatever it is, you know, and you can kind of develop patterns from there. You don't, you know, and that's kind of how I go about it, man. And, you know, it's, and it's everything I learned in fishing. And a lot of the terms are similar. Like, yeah. I mean, like, pinch point. We don't use pinch point terminology, but, but a point. Like a transition point, right? Like right. Uh, edges, right? Edges are edges. Big. White, key. Yeah, whitetails are 
so much like bass. They're 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 edge creatures. They they like thick cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're they're just like like a bass to me. That's the way I look at it. And you know they have feeding stations, staging areas, uh, just like just like a bass would. You know, and it depends on a seasonal pattern. You know, is it summertime where where the bass are? I mean the bass, the deer. Are, you know, going from bed right to food. You know, and yeah. and uh, you know like in the summertime bass the the patterns stay strong for like a few weeks or a month. You could depend on the same things happening all over. And then, you know, once you get into the fall, the bass, you know, transition time. Right. Things start to scatter or, or even in the spring or whatever. But And the same thing in the whitetail woods. You know, you come, you know, August, September, you're seeing all these big bucks, you know, bachelor groups out in the soybeans feeding. And then all of a sudden October rolls around, they start to scatter. The foliage is falling, different food sources come into play. So... I mean, I use so even like I, like you said. So you know, a lot of the terminology I use in my own head when I'm out there is through you know fishing. You know, and yeah. that's kind of way kind of way I look at it. You it's, know, it's interesting too because uh, Bob talking about technology and how it's changed hunting. That's the same thing in fishing. We've we've actually had that conversation before on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you know, back in the day, there was no no GPS and there was no structure scan, and you'd actually have to get out there. And feel around, and you know, Fritz was dominating because he would, he could just feel around and understand the basics of it better. But now with technology, freaking everybody's out there finding those honey holes, and the technology's made it easier. Sounds like a lot of that same stuff is, it, is happening. It, it seemed like, like I was me and Bob were talking before we the show got started, and uh, and you know, he we were, he said you know two o'clock in the morning he gets up and he's got to make his way out to the stand. And you know, that's pitch black, man. That's, that's mid- black. middle of the night stuff. You're trekking through the woods. So because of the technology that's available to even the hunters now, in order to get away from the crowds, you have to go further and deeper. Yeah. And the technology is allowing him to do that. He's going two and a half miles. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half hours oh, uh, one into way. The woods. Sometimes, sometimes it's a two day drag to get the deer out. What I what I do is like if I shoot a deer late in the afternoon, I'll actually hang it in a tree with straps and come back the next day and get it um but that's what you have to do but the technology today it'll get me right to the spot i look at a gps and i can follow it pitch black i can't see three feet in front of me and i notice that i'm just looking at the screen and going right to it and it's like the eerie guys man you know the eerie guys they hate it when gps came out because 30 years it took them to find these wrecks and humps and whatnot yeah and it's the same way in the woods now you know these guys it took them so long to find these bottlenecks or pinch points whatever you want to call them dude i walk right to them and i've never even been there before you know what i mean i just look at my phone Guys, I'm guys on lived it. out there his whole life. You're yeah. from freaking Jersey. You come out yeah. there and jack yeah. one right up the gate. Yo, yeah. guys, where's all the deers? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where's all the fucking deers? Yeah. Uh? Yeah. Bob, what kind of what kind of a time frame is there on, on on deer meat spoiling? You said you hung it up in a tree for a day. It's yeah, as long as it's cold. I mean, you know, if it's it's in the 30s or 40s or colder, you could let a deer hang. It's when it gets above 60, you got to be kind of concerned about getting it out. You know, or cut up right away. Um, you know, so that's some things. But typically, when we're hunting, it's you know, it's cold. You know, early in the season, I'm not hunting generally those areas. You know, I kind of, um, you know, you kind of save the the best spots during the rut because it's our our pre-spawn, right? When's the best? Chance to catch a big bass. Pre-spawn. Pre-spawn. Absolutely. Man. And the bucks are no different, man. Yep. You know, they're they're out cruising looking for does, or you're getting that pre pre-rut stage, and those big ones that that you know, I don't really necessarily believe bucks are completely nocturnal. I think. Um, there's a time that they're up on their feet during the day, but it might not be around where you are or your cameras are or whatever the case may be. But, uh, 
you know, those those big bucks, man. That's, you know, the black widows, baby, are them does, man. They bring many a big buck to their death, man. It's just how it is out there, you know. <laughs> I tell you, there's a lot of differences, too. I will tell you the one difference. You don't see the hunting guys out there in freaking uh, jerseys. You don't see them with their tree stands wrapped. And logos. <laughs> Let's call Ish. Let's see, let's see what it has to say about that. Oh God, he'd be, he'd be killing us now for wearing camouflage. He'd Bob, I think you should wear your tournament jersey next time you. Yeah, go. I don't think it matters. You don't care, man. You know what I mean. <laughs> but it's uh, you know also one of the things I learned with tournament fishing that I kind of use too when hunting is that I carry my tree stand in the woods every day. It's on my back as much as it's in a tree. And I kind of got that way because hunting public property, you could walk out, you know, I kind of, I don't necessarily have to even see the spot. You know, it's like pattern fishing and right. bass fishing. You look at a map, see a cluster oak tree. You want to be mobile. Yeah, you want to be mobile. Exactly. You want to be able to, to, to change a little and, bit. And, you know, make small adjustments with the wind if I get to my stand or whatever the case may be. And they say the winds. Because, you know, the one most important thing about hunting deer is, is dealing with the wind. Because you're never going to fool a whitetail's nose, man. You know, right. if you're not hunting the right wind. So if there's a small adjustment at the wind, you know, I, I was thinking it was going to be out of the west. And I always check the wind constantly every day. And I have absolutely my phone i could check it every hour where i'm hunting or even in the future yeah and uh you know if i have to make a small adjustment if i go there and there's another guy there i gotta have that plan b and in fishing you can't survive in tournament fishing without having a through whatever plans going backups. on because yeah you, yeah you yep. never know you pull up your spots muddy the wind's blowing too hard on it there's 15 boats on it yep. whatever the case may be you know yeah bob it's the second time i heard you saying when you do aerial observations you're looking for clusters of oak trees why oak trees? Well, that's just one pattern, like, you know, because uh, oak trees, you know, they're obviously they're going to have acorns on them. And what happens is, uh, you know, the whitetails are, are like bass in a way, too. You know, security covering food is their whole life, man. You know, that's mm-hmm. everything to them, you know what I mean? So Covered. at certain times, like in the summertime, uh, deer will really feed on, like, soybeans, you know, in August or whatever. Acorns, are you know, they're not dropping then. But the second the acorns start dropping, the deer know it way before you do. And what happens is they have staging areas before they head out to these ag type fields you know so yep. a cluster of oak trees could be like a gold mine you know because the deer they'll get up out of their bed they'll stop at that acorn cup cluster of uh, oak trees you know browse a little bit and then head out to the fields and that's a great place to intercept them because one thing i learned about hunting public property is the deer tend to move much later man you know and you're not going to have giant bucks walking in a field in the middle of the day this ain't going to happen right. you know and you know the deer are really pressured and some of the techniques you could actually use the other guys even to help you you know a great technique i use during during you know like if i hunt with the gun um you know i have a bike set up you know if i have to park on the west side of the property or everybody has to park on the west side of the property i have a mountain bike set up i carry all my gear and if i got to ride you know six miles to get on the back side of to get on a pinch point so when all the guys come into the woods you know they're going to push the deer and a lot of times i've I've shot a lot of deer just just using that so um another similarity right there pressure yeah you know the fishing pressure pushing the fish the hunting pressure pushing the deer similarities are freaking unbelievable man well you know what we noticed and we talked about this before is you know a lot of the really really talented anglers in the world are hunters you know a lot of them a lot of them i mean and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna put a number and say 80 percent of the guys that fish the pro tournament mm -hmm. also hunt and i'm not saying they're all hardcore hunters but 80 percent of the guys that fish the pro trail 
also hunt. That's that's freaking staggering number. Yeah. I'm going to say all of them do, except for the California guys and you. Pete too. Pete doesn't hunt. Pete plays pocket ball. He does. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes up. Yeah. I don't know how that helps, but the um, you know I always felt like you know hunting, like fishing is is a lot of visualization. You know you're you're using your sonar, you're visualizing what's taking place underwater, how the bait fish are moving, and and how the predators are reacting to it. Hunting is the same thing, but you actually get to see it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as a kid walking around for for thousands of hours you know i spent in the woods walking around you know you you get to see what a what a creek bottom looks like or or a point or a bluff wall or whatever so when you get when i got on the water and i started tournament fishing i could kind of visualize that stuff yeah Yeah. absolutely man you know it definitely helps a lot you know and I, i think that you know and the other thing i I think that it helps and we talked about this before is that you kind of get in tune with nature a little bit you know what i'm saying that you that gut instinct i can't describe it you you know you know you just one day you start over here the next day you start down here you know and it's all start getting in the zone yeah there's no you know the only two scientific facts i know about hunting whitetails is you know you're really not going to fool their nose and you can't kill one on on the couch that's that's the only things I know about it. I don't get a lot of guys get caught up in, you know, and in, 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 in negative things in their mind. You know, it's too it's too cloudy, it's too sunny, it's too windy, it's too hot, it's too whatever. It's not the right moon phase. Right. And in fishing, you guys have to yeah. fish when when the tournament's on. Right. No matter Dude, what. it doesn't matter if the tide's bad or it's you know if yep. you're fishing a tidal place or what you know. All right, Mike, don't go out until eleven o'clock. Is you know the the prime feeding time for the bass is until like eleven fifteen. So there's yeah. no just sleep in tomorrow, dude. Don't worry about it. You're gonna do that now. You're gonna be out there grinding away, dude. Yeah. I mean, because you know, so I don't really get caught up in that kind of stuff. But it's you know, but I think that being out in the woods or hunting and stuff all the time kind of gets you in tune with you yeah. know that gut instinct. Yeah. And, and the way I hunt, especially you know, every day I got to make a decision where i'm going to hunt or where i'm going to move to or you know pressure or so many different influences in it you know they're, they're so similar dude it, it, it's it's crazy uh you know the one thing i keep thinking about as you were talking is is that hunting and fishing they're puzz- they're both puzzle sports it's a freaking you know you got these pieces and they're scattered all over and like you said you got to connect those pieces you got to figure out what that pattern is that's that's fishing. That's hunting. They're the same, and they're individual sports, which is which is very rare. You know what I mean? Most of the sports anywhere in the world are are team effort sports, but this one's still you against the fish or you against the deer. Yeah. You yeah. you don't have a freaking team of people helping you. You don't have thirty people you know backing you and trying to make those decisions. It's you. It's, and it takes making a, a decision. It and takes it's a, you making a decision in the, on the water. It takes a special kind of person to be involved in that kind of sport because there's not a lot of reward. Like you're spending a lot of time researching, a stalking, planning, yeah. and you know, like for fishing, you know, we get five bites in a day. We've had a great day. Yeah. You know, and over the course of an eight to ten hour day, yeah. that's like ninety nine percent failure rate on your cast to success. Absolutely. And, and hunting is the same way. You know, it, it takes a a special kind of mentality to be able to endure, and the negatives are always creeping in. Yeah. And and it's got to be the same way in hunting because I know it is in fishing. The self-doubt, you know, yeah, look, you I, know, trying to figure out whether what you're doing is the right thing to do. Yeah, but and, that's what it's about, man. I mean, you know, like people ask me all the time, you know, why would you walk? 
two and a half hours to go hunt a spot, or you know, I could go, I could pay an outfitter to go hunt a, a, you know, in Illinois or Ohio or Pennsylvania or wherever. You know, I don't have to go hunt public property, but. Isn't that what you enjoy, like figuring out the deal? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so much more rewarding. Like every year I go hunting, uh, hunting on public property, I don't even know if I'm going to see any deer, dude, let alone right. get one. You right. know? So when I when I close the deal, dude, it's like the most rewarding yeah. thing in the world. It's, it's, it's much about the chase. It, it is, exactly. So, I mean, you could get in a box, them. yeah, you could get in a box uh. blind 100 yards behind a house and not put, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but the, you don't put a lot of thought into what you're, you know, right. the strategy behind it and everything. That's the thing that I enjoy most about it, man. Right. Now, Bob, uh, hold on, Dave. Rebecca, I see her uh, antsy back there. Do you want to make a comment? I think you want to say about you, you have a hunting experience, right? Hunting for dresses online <laughs> every day of your Anyways. life. Did you want to comment on that? Or? I, didn't, I did not want to Shoes comment. and dresses? I did not want to comment on that. <laughs> no. but uh, we'd like to see who of, you are back there. Okay. There's a lot of excellent banter going on here uh, online. But uh, the one question that I thought was excellent was 10-pointer or 10-pounder? Oh. Well, that I, yeah, I, could, I got a question for that myself, man, you know, and I, I'm going to ask the next guest when he comes on because, uh, I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough question to answer <laughs> well, wait right a minute. there. What, what's more commonplace? Or what's harder to catch? Because a 10-pointer in a deer world, is, not a, is that a giant? Or is that just the average fit or average deer? Depends where you live. Yeah, I mean that's a good one, man. It's a good one. You know, could but get... it's not. But is it a ten pounder? Because nah. a ten pounder, the bastards were dude. An actual yeah. freaking ten pounder. Yeah. It's hard to catch. But where yeah. ten point bucks live, ten pound bass usually don't live, and vice versa. Yeah, I mean that's you know it's <laughs> a, you know I guess it's all you know relative, man. I mean you know a ten pounder in Okeechobee might be something more common. A ten pounder in a Delaware River, dude, you got to put a limit together. Sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bob, know, I have so. a question. You've been to a couple classics. You've mm-hmm. been successful in tournaments. Right. Is there any tournament that you can r- recollect back on that you actually used deer patterns on or, or hunting patterns in terms of when you're setting your game plan up? Yeah, I, I could tell you one, one of the patterns I actually learned and I got dialed in, you know, the old circle patch or isolated cover deal, yeah. man, is that as a young hunter, you know, you always, you know, rabbit hunting or whatever, you kick rabbits out of isolated cover or you happen to you know see a isolate a patch of briars behind some old farmhouse and you kick a big buck and three does out and that isolation factor that i saw as a kid when i started fishing i started looking for the same exact things that pattern that isolation factor that By single itself. exactly mm-hmm. exactly and I, yep. I think that helped me a lot in fishing and it's one of the patterns i used to use a lot man is that isolated cover thing and and so many times you know game you know whatever you're hunting you know small game or or, or deer or whatever you know they use the same isolation factor a lot of times it's true and bob used to fish with dave mansu Phew. And Mance used to shit himself all the time in the boat, and the scent would travel downstream. Yeah. And the fish wouldn't bite anymore. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. It is true. It's true. We miss our brother Mance. We do yeah, miss Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We miss yeah. Dave. I can't, I can't really say that, dude. I had, to, I had to fill. I'm glad he moved to Texas. <laughs> You're glad to get rid of that yeah, guy. Dude. Yeah, dude. That's the pain in the ass, dude. Yeah, he's a good pain in the ass. Yeah. Back, we got any more uh, I, I am questions uh, that we want to run past, or we want to get Ger- Gerald on the phone, or what do we want to do here? Well, no, there's just a ton of feedback. They're not as much questions. It's just everyone's opinion on hunting versus fishing. Well, what, can, can we get, what, what do we got if we add up the uh, totals here? 
Do we have more for or against hunting or fishing? There's a lot of people that are both. I, I can't say that any, like, we're not leaning one direction or the other. All right, so we're, 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 fit, we're fitty, fitty fitty or? Fitty fitty. Yeah. There was one guy who wanted to know if there were deer in Jersey. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, a good, a good bait a good pile question. in Jersey is a syringe, a dime bag, and a sterno can. Dude, that lures wow. the bucks right in, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> what about those condoms? Those yeah, used condoms. Yeah, they yeah. were too. They said they saw two bucks doing bath salts do last. Right. Oh. I, mean, I don't know, but this—I don't know if there's any deer out near this place. But uh, yeah, Jersey's a real tough place to hunt, man. Jersey. I heard Snooky hunts. Yeah, yeah. With the yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, Jersey. Jersey's definitely a real tough place to hunt, man. Why is that? I, I I thought we had a lot of deer. Well, you have a lot of deer, but the problem is, you know, unless you have private land to hunt on, you really have no access to those deer. And public land is small woodlots here. You get fifty billion guys pounding right. in. I mean, I have a good success hunting Jersey. It's just, it's you know, public property. It's I bow hunt here, and that's it, man. I mean, opening day of buck season tomorrow in New Jersey. You know, you got to wear a flak jacket and a helmet out there, man, because it's going to get up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like opening day of trout. Yeah, yeah. A yeah, hundred yeah. dudes yeah. all ready to shoot you. Hey, this is a good transition point, I think, talking about getting ready to get shot. Uh, uh, Brian the Carpenter, uh, how are we doing back there? You you, you ready for a uh, you ready for a guest? You want me to uh, prep this up a little bit? Yeah, I'm I'm queuing up a song, take a little break, and uh, are we gonna take a break or no? You just want to roll? Yeah. Oh, you want to take a little break? We don't have to. Uh, Dave says yes. You want to take a two minute break? Two minute break. Anybody need a refill? Okay. What we're going to do right here is we're going to take just a little break, probably not even two minutes. We'll take like a minute break, uh, but don't tune out because the next guest. You don't want to miss Gerald G-Man Swindle. G-Man joining us via Skype. I think from home. Are they home, Beck? Yes. Okay, join us from home in a little bit. Don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Ike Live, Gerald Swindle, coming up in a second. Stay tuned. Come on, let's go. Dude, it's hot on the sofa.
What's on me, man? <laughs> All right, we're Bob Live. Bob Live, man. You got, you got to show the tight cups, Mike. Explain the I art. Know. I, I should. Should I show them? Yeah. Thanks. Right. Thanks for coming. How are we doing? We back on? You're back on. Okay, <laughs> folks at home, folks at home, we took a little bit of a break. Uh, we're getting uh, settled back in here. Had a little refill. Uh, real quick before we get G-Man on, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to tell you, what do you think about that? <laughs> I would, you, you know, take take a look at that. That's called a tight cuff, and I forgot about it. Dave, you reminded me of that. Yeah, man. What's the tight cuff? Tight I, cuff? I don't. I just know that when in, in right around the late eighties, late eighties, a pair of pants at a clothing company, Z Cavarici. Z Cavs. Oh my and god! People would <laughs> tight cuff them like that, along with their K Swiss sneakers. Wow, K Swiss! Wow. Yeah. wow, man, you're going way back. Pete, did you wear tight cuffs? <laughs> they are some brutal. No, it was corduroy for him, dude. Corduroy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I rolled my cigarettes up in my uh, yeah. t-shirt sleeve. Tough skin. Wow. Slacks. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you knew this. Bit of trivia. Pete was at the original Woodstock concert. So, <laughs> don't know if you knew that. The New York Thruway was closed, man. <laughs> Ninety-five wasn't even built yet back then. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're uh, we're going to keep trudging along here, and so, and this is the highlight of tonight, by the way. I don't want to build this guy up too much, but uh, joining us via Skype, I believe from home in Warrior, Alabama, we have the one and only Gerald G Man Swindle. Gerald, woo! Yeah. Gerald Swindle. Folks. How you doing? What's up? Wow! I like. Look at that. Is that? Yeah. Hey, you said a hunting show. I'm all in. Wow! <laughs> I freaking love it. Look at that. Badass man. I didn't know. I didn't know if that was like everyday garb, like you were at the club and you just came back and that was. Dude, I, I, I'd be dead honest. I you would laugh because. I, I'm a guy that, you know, I hunt so much. I hunt so many days in a row. I wear face paint everywhere, and I don't ever think nothing about it. I found myself in an Italian restaurant last year in Indiana, a very nice restaurant, apparently, because when I walked in, they thought I was going to rob the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, crap, got my face paint on. My bad. You know, but it's like, I, I go to, I, I mean, when you're filming and I'm hunting, dude, I get up at 4, and I don't go to bed at 10, and, I don't like to wear nothing on my face like a mask because it affects my shooting, so I'm a face paint kind of guy. But, man, the people at the gas station always think I'm up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking around. They want to make sure the soda is not stolen. You know the soda they leave out in the middle there? Yes. They yeah, want to make sure that's not back going. Up the donuts, boy. Back up from the donuts. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so let, let me tell you, we've uh, we've been talking about this topic for a while now, hunting versus fishing. And i got to tell you, G, it's split. We've got uh, Bex on the IM back there, and nobody, every, it's 50-50, you know, 50% are saying, nah, hunting's better, 50% are saying it's fishing better, and a lot of people are saying they're both awesome. What's your take on it? Come on, honestly, you, uh, so you, you've got both realms, elite touring pro, hunting TV show, what's better? I can't be honest with you, man, I, I got it bad for both of them, I, I think it's, you know, I hear people ask me all the time, would you rather hunt or would you rather fish? You know, and I'm like, eh, that's not a fair statement, man. I said, I had to fish to afford to hunt. 
I now have the privilege that I do it at a little different level, but I think it's what you love, man. I mean, uh, you know, my deal is it's the same adrenaline. I, I, my wife shot a big one with a bow this year, and I've been telling her and telling her, so when you finally shoot your first shot with a bow, you'll know what I'm talking about. I said, it's like I've never experienced any type of drug deal like that, but I'm like, it's got to be something like heroin straight in the vein, Duke. I said, the adrenaline's so high, and the way you feel over what you just overcome, I said, it kind of overtakes you. And, and, and to get ask you a question in the short of it, when she shot her deer, she tries to call me. The deer's close to 100 50 inches she's sitting by herself bow hunting she kills it all on her own she calls me i she can't even talk her voice is jerking to the point she says i'm gonna sit down i can't speak i'll call you back when i finally get myself back together when i walk up on her she starts smiling and she said now i understand from why 25 years you've gotten up at 4 a.m and bow hunted every day of your life that you can she said i've never felt that it's no yeah. different than you jack and that giant dude when we're down in amistad you catch a 12 pounder on a swim bait so to me the hunting and the fishing they're both the same it's just yeah. whatever you have access to man i mean some people don't have access to the woods and they don't never experience bow hunting or hunting in general but I love them both, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and apparently I'm a failure of a sport junkie because I was watching the show a little bit earlier, and I heard you guys talking a little bit about the failure rate versus fishing and hunting. Bow hunting is the lowest success rate is fishing, and I, for whatever reason, I, I think that draws certain anglers into it. Uh, Jason Christie loves to bow hunt, Brent Chapman. I think it's, you fail so much that when you do succeed, yeah. I think the feeling's overwhelming, and, and that's what drives those guys. Do it. You're an adrenaline junkie. You're doing. Are you not an adrenaline junkie? I mean, you look for that one rush on the water. Yeah. Well, if it was, it, you know, that similarity. If it's easy, you wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I think that's why all these years I keep fishing, because it I I fail. The failure makes you want to keep doing it. That's 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 what keeps you going. And and I, I wouldn't consider you an adrenaline junkie, would you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it depends. It depends. Well, you know what though? I don't know if you I don't know if you knew this. Gee, I think you know this. Pete didn't know this. I actually hunted before, so I'm not a hunting virgin. I actually hunted with Marty Stone before. I was going to say that Marty. I hunted, Stone I hunted with Marty yeah. Stone before, and uh, I had a shot. And look at Brian DeCarver looking at me because he didn't even know this. Uh, I, I had a shot at a deer. We're on a stand. We're waiting for a buck. We never saw a buck. Uh, there, a good big doe comes by, and, and you know Marty's like, "All right, get, you know that's the one you're going to get, dude." I was shaking like a fucking leaf, man. <laughs> I mean, I was, dude. I was, I was like out of my mind, like you know, like that that energy was there, and I never hunted before, but it just came there. You know what I mean? I I didn't get it. I missed. You know what I mean? But I I can relate to that. I can relate to what you're talking about. It's a it's an undescribable feeling of uh, thirty or forty failures or misattempts when they come together. Uh, I think that's why when you see elite series anglers that you think are hardcore men's men when they win an event, they stand there with tears running down their face, man. It's a lifelong of failure and dreams, and, and, and your deer hunting like it's no different, man. I'll have an encounter, and encounter, and encounter this year after, on big buck after big buck, but for some reason or another, it just didn't go well enough to shoot him with a bow. But when I finally do, man, it's it's overwhelming. I mean, I sit down and I'm like, I can't breathe, I can't swallow. I'm like, I feel like a linebacker playing football, and, and people's like, you shouldn't get that way about hunting. I said, when you truly understand hunting, 
it's different. You know, so many people look at hunting, they say, oh, you're just a bunch of crazy rednecks out there riding around with rebel flags in the back of your truck shooting all the time. <laughs> no, we're really not. You know, PETA, PETA gets all mad at us and they sling signs at us, but I'm like, dude, I have planted more food and fed more babies and raised more families of deer than all you people together can raise money to save. I said, I'm not about the slaughter. I'm about the pursuit of the biggest deer in the woods. And when you finally overcome that, uh-huh. hey, dude, it's freaking lights out. It's like finding a 10-pounder that bites Ike on the first cast in the tournament. I mean, you're jerking around there so bad. You, I mean, you're like Michael Jackson son him with Tourette's. You just switching and jerking and slinging airs and hoping somebody It's what I live for, dude. Yeah. I mean, I drove to Arkansas tonight doing it. I've uh, been hunting up there with Scott Rook for a couple of days with my wife. And as soon as I get done shooting some stuff hook tomorrow i'm gonna be right back out there doing it again dude gerald this is dave so the best thing that's happened for you hunters in the last like year is this phenomenon of hot women going out and like killing rare animals because all of their banners and billboards now are dedicated to these like smoking hot chicks that they'll never be (laughs) like in front of like these like rare creatures that they've like shot with a rifle you know so but i you know, I see all that, and I kind of hate it sometimes because I see these ladies shoot something, and people just go after them, you know, and I look at it shake my head. I mean, my wife shot a deer, and some prick on there, as soon as she posted it, was like, oh, I can remember the first time I ever paid to kill a big buck. He goes, oh, that's right, I never did. And I'm like, all right, I had to address him. I'm like, all right, you prick. I don't shoot no bunch of deer, no pen. This is a freaking lease that we paid for. We plant the food. So, you know, you get a little defensive for her, but I watch these other ladies. It's, uh, Jim Shockey's daughter shot that bear, man, and she got like 5,000 death threats in one day. Yeah, wow. And she's legal. She had a tag. She shot the bear. Big yeah. deal. But they want to kill her. Yeah, I'm that's, like, that's, it's insane. That's, I don't understand it. That's crap. That's crap. That ain't that ain't right. That ain't right at all. I, if you're legal, dude, if you're legal, you're legal. You know, if, yeah. if, like Africa, the Texas A&M cheerleader, I, I don't know if you ever followed that, man. It's, this chick's dad had more money than freaking Boyd Duckett. And Africa, and they <laughs> Is that possible? Like everything over there, you know, she killed like 20 different animals and she posed on Facebook with it. And then these people come out death threatened wanting to kill her. That's, and I'm like... Well, Africa sold her the tags, man. Yeah. The villages ate the meat. The only people that are upset are the people that are in America. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Gerald, it's more of that illegal, More of that hatred toward her was because she was very attractive. These women that are in PETA, they're not attractive women. They're these militant, buzz-cut... <laughs> Most of the women in PETA look like Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pete Tuh, yeah. They look they're, like Pete oh, Tight. They're yeah. these square-jawed, buzz-cut militants that just can't stand the fact that this is a they pretty woman. They got beards, though, than Pete. Yeah. Man. They do. No, nah, that's a good beard, Bob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. That's, that's a good beard. I, I do think... I do think it's kind of cool now you see more and more women hunting and you see more and more families hunting. You know, it's used to, man. I've never seen a lady bow hunter. Now I see more and more of that. And what I really like, uh, Dave, is when, they, when the ladies get into it, when they truly understand what you're doing, they, they take part of planting, feeding, raising deer, taking pictures. When they finally got the whole system and they do it, it's a good deal, man. I'm not, a, I'm going to be honest with you now. I'm not opposite. I'm not the dude that likes to watch Outdoor Channel and see 48 hot chicks sitting in a stand shooting a deer that don't know which way he come from or why they're there. They got enough makeup on to straighten out a fender on a 72 Impala. I am a hunter. You couldn't kill my front lawn with diesel fuel. And I'll tell her straight up. 
You couldn't kill my dirty socks. You know, you're just a TV superstar. You know, you want to be a killer. You're not a cold-hearted killer. Somebody set all that crap up and you shot it. See, Most I, true women bow hunters don't wear makeup. Do you agree? No, but what I do think, what I do think, Gerald, is that you're doing this big inclusive thing so you can trick her into doing all the bait and collecting the corn, collecting the apples, so you don't have to do that tedious <laughs> crap anymore. Bro. Yeah, exactly. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I mean, there's times when I wish I'd have married a woman that weighed about 440 could bitch press 600 because I'm out there in a strain, dude. <laughs> I mean, when she shot her big deer, I'm like, dang, I could have married a heavy one that'd been nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dick. So we were I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> before we had y'all, Gerald. We were talking about uh, similarities. Like uh, we were talking about patterns. We were talking mm-hmm. about pinch points. You know, like uh, edges. Let, let's hear your take on it too, because Bob, Bob gave some amazing stories. What are some of the similarities? I mean, you you fish every day on the trail, and then you put away your rods, and then you go hunting. What are some of those similarities? I, I think if you went with me a month and hunted, uh, you and I would sit at night and talk about stuff, and you would say, "I never, had, I knew I never could be this simple, man." And I'll, th- I'll throw through a few scenarios. Yeah, there's points, there's pinch points, there's all that basic stuff. There's benches, dude. There's not a better place to kill a giant buck than a road bed. You find an old road bed in the yeah. forest, and what do you do? You go to Lake Amistad, what's the first thing you want to look for? An old road bed. Yeah. I mean, it's the basic structure that you would fish every day when I get to a piece of property that I've never seen, and I do that a lot. I lease property to drive up there and hunt it. I'm looking for road beds, flat benches around the top of uh, like a ridge or something, a different type structure. If there's 50 white oak acorn trees there, I'm looking for the one acorn tree that's dropping acorns. The same thing when you're fishing, dude. You're going to run 50 pockets. You're going to fish the one pocket that's got bait fish in it. You learn isolation, separation, and the quick adjustments, you know, and then you, you read your gut instincts. Uh, there's nothing like sitting in the woods and watching Mother Nature come alive. I sit there every morning, day after day, and listen to Mother Nature wake up with the first bird to sing to the second bird. I, I can tell you to the minute some mornings when the deer are fixing to move, just by sitting in there knowing that when the sun cracks through, here comes the deer. So when I'm fishing a lot of times, like I find myself in that same scenario. I'm fishing down the bank, and, and all of a sudden I see those squirrels come alive and the birds start singing. And I'm like, uh-oh, oh crap, get your, you know, get your head out of your butt. You're they're biting, move, move, move. So I think some of the similarities there would spook you if you just walked around and said, I never really thought about it like this, that they're the same animal trying to do the same thing. They're just simply trying to adapt their environment. And the faster you read it, the more successful you are. Yeah, it's nature. We were talking about that, Bob. Yeah. It's, it's, I, you know, nature. one of the things that amazes me, G-Man, is... Uh, you know, I know how Mike's schedule is with fishing and stuff, man, and, and to try to find the time. I know I know you got to be pressed in order to get in the deer woods and what's up out there. I mean, how, how do you narrow it down, man? I mean, it's in short short Dude, frames, you know what I mean? It's been tough. I'll be honest with you, man. The last couple of years filming the TV show, I thought it was going to be a cakewalk. You know, I thought I'm going to film the show. There's going to be nothing to it. I have found myself in the last couple of seasons under the most pressure that you could ever be under you have to have so many deer taped on video. You have to have all these things done. And, and, and there I am, guys. I'm, I'm in the middle of November, and I haven't got one killed. The pressure to perform at that level, it starts to drive you crazy, and you're trying to narrow your property down. Should I be in Illinois? Should I get back to Alabama? Should I study the cameras in Tennessee, or should I move over to Kansas? 
those decisions I labor with every night. And I, I told my wife driving home today, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm to that point now. I just want to go get in a tree. I don't want a cameraman. I just want to go sit down and listen to the birds sing. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to separate that, I think, is the hardest part of it. You know, it seems like when I didn't have a lot of property to hunt or didn't have any opportunities, it was a lot easier. I had three stands and, and a quiver full of airs, and I went there every day. Now I'm trying to hunt four or five different states, and I'm constantly trying to read the weather, study a forecast. So, Ike, when you guys are home and I see you and Beck, y'all going out to the club, y'all renting a limo <laughs> and going places, I'm like, nice. I'm in, like, Metropolis, Illinois, in a hotel that costs $39 9-millimeter laying by my head trying to keep people from robbing me and shoot 150 inches the next morning. I'm like, what the crap am I doing? You know, I'm like, everybody. I'm like, this is life. And I'm like, dude, I'm a suck. I'm like, it's the crappiest hotel in the world chasing a deer. Gee, <laughs> hey, you know, pimping ain't easy. We talked about this before, man. Pimping ain't easy. And you're a pimp, man. Pimping ain't easy. It ain't easy, brother. Hey, let me tell you, and it ain't cheap neither, man. It ain't cheap. And I'm getting, I'm getting older. I don't want to admit that. I, I don't know if you've ever just sit down in the back and said, "Hey, back, I'm getting older." Have you, have you done that yet? You, I have. Well, my the the back of my neck is starting to look like Byron Velvick's neck. So uh, that's a good sign that yeah. you're aging. You look like a bark semi tire on a hot day in Bill of Texas. Right. Just this <laughs> Right. Exactly. Start, I'm starting. I to just get, noticed. I'm just noticing I hurt more. You know, I just start grunting for no reason. Do you ever notice that? I like bend over in the store to get donuts, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, oh god, it's like an old man in here shopping. I'm just you know, farting. I'm not grunting. I'm just farting. <laughs> I'm like, I got a lot of gas lately. <laughs> now I do want to tell everyone, uh, G has amazing fashion sense as well. We may not be able to tell it from his attire tonight, but I can tell you, 2007 Bassmaster Classic, he wore a denim. Outfit to the dinner. Yes, caused some controversy. That is called. I remember it was that. Hot. Caused controversy. I think there were gems on that thing. Well, let, let me let me preface <laughs> let me preface this by saying, hold on, Jay. Let me preface this by saying, in the memo, it specifically said this was a this was a formal suit and tie event, and Gerald showed up at denim, and I loved it. I thought it was great. That's awesome. But was there a fine involved in that, Jay, or what? What whatever became of that. Oh, they were pissed, dude. Pissed. <laughs> you know, I figured, I'm like, dude, I'm like 39 years old. I don't need nobody to tell me what to wear. And apparently they've never been to Hayden because denim is pretty daggum formal where I go. <laughs> I should wear it. You know, the Easter service, it should be good enough for the anger of your banquet mm. to hear Ike say something. So I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> you know, I, I can't stand somebody to tell me what to wear. Can you, Ike? No, def- definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm like, so, hey, so while we're on that subject, are you going to bring something special to the banquet this year? Are you going to step it up? I mean, you want to, like... Clown costumes or something? I, I think we should. You know, we keep talking about bringing back the old school bass. I think we need to do that. I'm, I'm talking about patches. I'm talking about suspenders. Okay. Overalls. The, the overalls. Uh, the the jumpsuit. Overalls. Dude. Absolutely. I think we need to bring it back, man. Dude, I'm talking like with slip-on brogan boots with like one leg tucked down in it and the other leg over the boot. We, you know we, what I mean? We got to do it. hats and those and get those overalls. Now listen, we need to go a little tight with them. We need to show our package off pretty good. <laughs> hey, you got you got to pay homage uh, to those guys. Think, way, 
think about it. Yeah, Mickey Tommy Biffle. Tommy Biffle. Mickey Bruce. Uh, Chet Dalfit. I mean, the, the old, we got to pay homage to those guys. Joe, Co- Joe Cochran. Right? Joe Cochran? What am I saying? Who the hell is Joe Cochran? <laughs> Are you combining two names? George uh, Cochran? Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of George, George Cochran and Joe Thomas? Oh, good joke, good joke. You so said much. Joe Cochran? <laughs> they both wore cock shorts, though, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like a parallel universe more. He's, he, geez, he's making up fucking names over here. <laughs> Just making them up. Just making them up, dude. I, hey, I'm thinking, I can you get a visual of Tom? Tommy Biffle in them overalls as tight and short as he likes to wear. <laughs> the brother would have, to have a hair net to get to the classic. There ain't no way they'd let him in without that all that all, dude. I want to see it. I'm actually thinking one day I'm going to wear me some Biffle shorts right up on stage. Yeah. I mean, some skin-tight Rydell shorts. Oh, Just man. Old, old Rydell coat shorts. Making it hot on me, hot on me, making it hot. Me. <laughs> yeah, he said, hey, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win a derby. I'm trying to win a derby. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey. I got a question here before I have to sign off here. Hey, you're not you're gonna laugh because I got Fletcher Schreier and Hunter Schreier coming in tonight. We're gonna make some videos tomorrow. May God help us all. It's gonna be bad. I don't know what we're gonna do. That's scary. That's scary. David, what what's your take in hunting on on the Ozonics? That that's what I like. I wanna I wanna hear your take on the Ozonics. Ozonics, Bob. I don't use Ozonics, man. I mean, I never used it. Um, some guys, I, you know, I talked to a guy this year, and he said that uh, he actually showed me a video of a doe that was directly downwind from him, and that thing just stood there until he zapped it. But I, I don't, I don't know, man. I just always hunt the right wind. I always try to get the perfect access in and out of a stand because. I don't know if you could ever fool a whitetail's nose, man. I, I, I just say I have no luck with it, man. So I just, you know, hunt the right wind. That's it. That's what I was gonna say. Well, I <laughs> feel like in I can, Ozonics is a machine that you can they supposedly say you can mount over your head. It's the same technology used to take the fire smell out of a burnt house. So they say if you put it over your head, it has a small fan blowing in it. Which question number one's got to make some noise, and it should blanket the atmosphere and everything in front of you to kill your smell. And if you watch the Outdoor Channel, you see these ridiculous commercials with that. I don't know who that guy is, but he's like, Oh, I tell you about my old Onyx. I arrowed five big bucks in Saskatchewan one time. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. I'm like, horse crap. If you watch the video, he's like knee-deep in a bile, like alfalfa hay, starving to death. And I just get tickled when I watch it. I'm like... So you think that you could take a machine and take the smell out of the air. And I just want to get on Outdoor Channel one time and say, don't you think every brother in the hood that had a Caprice would have one of them in there and never get stopped for weed? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 you know the I want a white tail here. I got to tell white tail. I'm sure white tail can smell where you went last year. I mean, I think he can smell your thoughts. The exact. You know what I mean? So I'm like, it doesn't matter. Well, I don't know but if you knew this, I, I Jay, but but the execs, Ozonics. the execs from Ozonics are watching this show and they're changing their entire entire business strategy from what you just said. Right. 
They're going to market to the right marijuana states. Of I, I got a question for you, G-Man. What about scents? What about scents? You scents? You use any kind of do, do, uh, yeah, dough fish, urine? Yeah, fish or, formula. Or, yeah. <laughs> fish. No. Chum and rub. I, I mean, you, you know, what What are the chances that you're not going to mix your own scent with putting? I don't believe in any of that stuff, man. You know what I mean? I use a little bit of the high-end uh, dough esters, like the platinum stuff, uh, by like a cold blue. But dude, it's like 80, 70, 80 bucks a bottle, but it's the true deal. But I don't use it a lot, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I only use it when I'm hunting a marginal wind. You know what I mean? If I'm put in a situation where I say, "Hey, this wind ain't right," but we don't have no other choice. We have to leave here tomorrow, and I'm gonna hunt a marginal wind. I try to put enough of that on. You can't fool him. I just want him to stand there for just a few minutes to think about what's going on. That's, that's about all I believe. I mean, I believe they can smell it, but I believe they can smell you also on top of it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, a lot of stuff out there, man, I mean, you know, it, it's like gimmicks, man, you know. But, um, you know, whitetails, like you said, man, you got to hunt the right wind, man. That's all it's about. You don't hunt the right wind, you ain't going to see anything. Yeah. You know, you're going to yeah. blow up your spots. I mean, yeah. Here's what I say, Ike, and I'll leave you in this in thinking. I think uh, I've heard people say in the fishing world, and I don't agree with this. They say, I don't believe in luck. And I've heard people in hunting say, I don't believe in luck. Let me tell you something. Bow hunting and luck are the exact same word most of the time. Bass fishing and, and the great stringers and phenomenal days, you, you know it as well as anybody, dude. Luck. A little bit of things went your way. I've had situations where I've had the biggest deer of my life around me. And for one odd reason, a squirrel or something would run across the ground randomly and the deer would run off. That's just bad luck, dude. You know, I've had a, I've had to fish on the Winter Classic and jumped him off twice. That's just bad luck. I don't care what they say. Man, it's got to have a little luck in both sports to be successful. A little bit of luck helps. A little bit of luck helps. Jay, we appreciate you joining us. Before you go, do me a favor, though. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about, tell them about your TV show, where they could find it, and tell them about where they could find you on the web or social media or whatever. People want to follow you. Tell them about well, it. Well, guys, we're on Tuesday nights at 7.30 on the Outdoor Channel. Uh, January 1st, we start going 52 weeks a year. Uh, so every week you can catch us. It's called the Multi Hit List. It's Andy Morgan, myself, Chad Ritter. When they're getting it done on a bow hunting show, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm out there all the time. I do my own Facebook. That's why Becky's laughing, because most of the words are misspelled. I'm not changing it. That's what I am. I can't spell crap. I mean, literally spell crap without looking over and going, okay. I spell so bad, spell check can't find it. So that's me on there. That's you. That's where y'all can find me. And I, if I don't see you guys again, Merry Christmas to you and Beck. I look forward to seeing everybody at the Classic. Pete, good to see you again. Y'all take care. I'm heading out. All right. Gerald Swindle, everybody. Gerald Swindle. Bye, G. Thank you. Wow. Great interview, man. That was awesome. The G, man. That's funny. I I, got to tell you, you know, we didn't get to it, but we focused on hunting a lot with G. Right. But the last couple years, dude, he's, he's been tearing it up. Like, something happened to G, I'd say, like, two, three years ago. Where he went from being like that to now he's just very steady. Nice. He's been AOY. I want to say I don't. We have to check stats on this, but like top ten the last two or three years in a row. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, the competition's harder. Yes. And he's doing better. He's doing better. And a lot of it, I talk. I talk to him uh, personally about a lot of it has to do with his mental outlook, which he talks a lot about. 
at Bash University. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, I, I wanted to mention it to him before he left, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, our, he's one of our best speakers at Bash University and Bash University TV, and his, you know, his best seminar, or most well-received seminar, is that positive mental attitude. Yes. And that, that's everything, I think, mm-hmm. in any sport with fishing or hunting, is that... You know, you could, like I said, you could get into this negative mode, man, and, and it's you're like a sinking ship, you know what I mean? And you just can't get yourself out of it. But I, I think that being having a positive attitude and never giving up, man, and that's, that's, that's the deal. That's that, that optimism, you know, that, which is the same as that positive mental attitude. I, I find that in common with every single great angler out there is that they're pure optimists. They can't be broken, man. That's right. the thing about it. You can't break. Look at this guy over here. Hey, Mike, your house is on fire. Hey, I just figured out, you know, they're biting June bug instead of red shad. I got to run up the lake here. I'll give you guys a call in a little bit. I mean, the guy, you know, things could be going bad, but he's still out there, you know. I did I, I, I did set a napkin on fire yeah. this evening yeah. at dinner. Hold on. Let me turn on this light real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Jason? Jason, are you watching? <laughs> Have a napkin on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen. That did happen. I actually set a napkin on fire. Did set a napkin he on did. Fire. Today. I did. Right next to him. Two two inches from him and he didn't notice. I did. Back great. Did, did we have any uh, good comments uh, back there, guys? I mean, we, we, that was kind of... Uh, that was so good because when Gerald talks, time just flies, but... Did we I have anything we missed that we could comment on? Or? There, no, just a ton of people were excited to have G on. They love seeing G. Um, you know, there was a couple funny questions that I think we probably never would have gotten G off if we'd asked him. Kind okay. of like goofy, funny questions. Ah. But, uh, no, everyone was just really excited to have him on. They they enjoyed it. Okay, I, I see Brian the Carpenter. You have a camo hat on. Do you hunt back there? <laughs> No, you you threw this at me. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I I I remember back in the day. I thought you were you did a little hunting. I, I might have shot something. Weren't you a cocksmith back in the day? <laughs> hey, Mike, people want to know if you hunt. I I uh, no, but you know the interesting thing, and I told you this before. I I honestly want to do it. Like I, I I look at it and I I see it. And it's something I do want, really want to get into. Really, yeah. honestly. Uh, the thing about it, though, I mean, I want to do it. Jay, you know, one thing about Gerald when he spoke, you could see he's genuine, genuine about it. Oh yeah, hunting. he's into and, it. Yeah, and that, yeah. like if you mock the sport in any way, he takes offense to it. Absolutely. You know, and one thing about it is like he, like he's a prime example. It's it's addicting. Yeah. You know that like he's talking about that chance. You know, maybe once or twice a year you get a shot at a, a mature deer, dude, and your heart's pounding. There's there's nothing else like it, man. Yeah. You know, except you know for fishing. You know, yeah. you're flipping a five pounder in a boat when you need it or whatever. But you know that that stuff. You just you you start to almost it, it drives you nuts because you want to be in the woods because maybe today's the day, maybe today's the day, maybe today's yeah. the day. You know, and you just work so hard. Well, at that it. that's the thing you I know? see with you is time. I mean, I see how hard you work at it. Yeah. And it, the thing that I know is. Right now, I couldn't. I couldn't commit the time to it. You know what I mean? It's like that's why I keep. I keep saying to myself, I want to do it, but I want to wait till the tournament fishing slows down a little, whenever that is, mm-hmm. to really dive into it. Because I can't dedicate the time to it. I see how much time he he well, freaking puts into it. Yeah. I can't dedicate that. I, time I had right actually. Now. I'll tell you, this is the, the truth. I fished, you know, the invitations and whatnot back in the day. I actually stopped bow hunting because the tournament schedules were in the fall. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, I wanted to hunt so bad, but really, what you got to choose. I had to choose. You one. had you had to choose. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but now that I don't fish that much anymore, I mean, hunting is everything to me. Yeah. You know, and you, you kind of it, it takes up all your time, all your thoughts, just like with fishing. Yeah. You know, you're always you're always jonesing to get back. 
back on a lake or back in the woods and looking at maps or studying this and and whatever it takes man and that's that's what really you know that's why like gerald said when you get that chance to kill a buck or whatever it is uh, there's nothing else like it, man. Yeah, and we can't like we it. can't get anybody this time of year. We're booking our speakers for Bass University. That's true. And every single one of our guys is in the woods, and they're we at us. Get a hold of them. We can't get a hold of them. We get yeah. the contracts back. We we just can't talk to them this time of year because eighty percent of the the hardcore bass fishing community is out there doing it right now. And, and and it's a and it's a year long commitment too. I mean, especially bow hunting. I shot my bow this year like three hundred and sixty five days this year, because uh, one thing I know the opportunities on public land. I'd only come once or twice in a year, and you, you know you want to do everything you can to make sure that you get you know an arrow and a deer when it does present itself. And you know you could ask Anna. I'm out there shooting every single day. Yeah. You know, it's like an addiction. I love just shooting the bow. It's like you would practice you know casting or whatever the case may be. And it, it, you know some of these guys. Like Gerald, they're out there in the summertime putting food plots in, and and it's a 365-day-a-year commitment, man. You know, yeah. and and I know how your schedule is. There's no yeah. way you can balance them it's both. Something's going to suffer. Yeah. You know, it's a, lot. Gonna, it's a lot of work. And, and one thing that ultimately it it shows too, man, is that you know you you know to fish. To fish, you know, tournaments or whatever, your competitor. You don't want to go in the woods and get your ass kicked, dude. Yeah. You know, not come out, you know, you know, come home and, hey, Mike, how'd you do today? Oh, I didn't see nothing. Well, you suck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of, you don't want that to happen. You yeah. want to come home and, you know, you, you get those rare chances when you bring a deer home or whatever, and it's a sense of accomplishment, man. Yeah. You know? Dave, Dave, let me ask you something. You hunt a little bit on uh, the uh, Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> Being Worf, <laughs> what's the last thing you hunted as Worf? And, and you can get into character right now if you want to. <laughs> you have to clear your throat. <laughs> Dude, I wasn't ready for this. No, uh, I, I want to uh, put uh, you on the spot. Yes, Captain. Uh, yes, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hunting? I've never, hunt, I've never hunted a single thing in my life, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just <Huh>? Romulans. Oh, <laughs> Romulans. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I've never hunted. I've never. I've never killed a single animal in my life. I don't. I don't know. All right, that was. Easy. All right. All right. Wait a bit. Brian the Carpenter. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play a quick song here, and uh, we've got another awesome guest on the phone that we're gonna get to. Okay. So we're take. Okay. Let, let's prep everybody. This. We're yep. gonna take a little break. Yep. And then we're gonna get back to. Another guest. Yes. Amazing guest. Yes. Okay. I just said that. All right. Folks at home, folks at home, (laughs) refresh your beverage. Wait just a minute, and we'll be back with a special guest. Come on, let's go. All right. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride.
Sorry. Yes. We back on, bro. You're not going to be able to drink that for your head. You're on, buddy. Uh, <laughs> folks at home. <laughs> folks at home. I, uh, they, we, we're using these new rigid LED lights up here, so I had to put on my uh, my uh, buff here. Um, you think you don't think I can drink the beer through the buff? I think you could. Is it, is it permeable? Nah. Permeable? How do you say that? Permeable? <laughs> is that my using the right word? Per- um, permeable? Semi-permeable. Semi-permeable? Should we test it out? Nah. Sieve-like? Nah, we're good. Nah, dude. Oh. <laughs> it's permeable. Nice. No, I drank it through, actually through the buff. <laughs> That's great. It's permeable. It's permeable. Just a, a minor amount of SPF getting digested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It did change the taste a little yeah. bit of that. <laughs> it tastes like a Coca-Cola instead <laughs> of a beer. That's not good. Uh, all right, we're, we're back. Uh... This show just keeps going and going, man. Yeah. It, this seems like one of the long ones, doesn't it? Is it just me? I, it's just you. I, is it just me? It seems long. <laughs> no, it's a Jerry Lewis telephone. Well, I think, right I think now. part of the problem is uh, Brian destroyed the beginning of the show as usual. <laughs> Dude, that wasn't me. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it actually wasn't you this time, which is which which has never happened. It's always been you. So, right. um, thank you. <laughs> But we're going to keep it going. We've got uh, another special guest with us, Pete. I mean, this is amazing. And what I love is we have another guest on that's outside of the realm of the normal pro angler. It's another guy that's more of a mainstream guy. It's pre- this show's ability to attract major league talent is pretty amazing. It's crazy. I mean, we've had the NFL. Now we're now we're about to have MLB. We've yes. had the NHL. Yes. Who's, what's next? I I mean, we've had athletes. We've had entertainers. Yeah. I think the only thing we haven't had, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bri, is porn stars. Yeah, yeah. the adult entertainment industry. Adult entertainment is <laughs> the only yeah. thing. And it's PG-13, so we'll probably stay away from that. We'll stay away from that. Yeah. Although, Ron Jeremy, I think, would be dynamic. Mm. I heard he flips and pitches a little bit on the side. Yeah. yeah. His worm, a 12-inch worm. <laughs> yeah, Lex, Lex Steele's pretty good with a cane pole. All right, let's get back to it. Um, so we've got another amazing guest. Uh, I don't know how Brian the Carpenter is amazing. He's great tracking these guys down. Thank you. Uh, we've got a guy, uh, a former uh, Major League Baseball player. Uh, man, played for the Padres, the Mariners, the White Sox. Very dynamic athlete, along with hunting guy, yep. fishing guy, and a local guy. Uh, joining us via phone, right, Bri? Phone or Skype? What do we got here? We got phone. Via phone uh, from the Pennsylvania area, Ben Davis is joining us. Ben, ben Davis. Davis. Ben Davis. Ben, how are you tonight? Gentlemen, how's it going? Good. How you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Despite uh, watching the birds take a beat down, I tell you what, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day, but uh, didn't didn't end well for the birds tonight. Yeah, we 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 watched it before the show came on. It kind of distracted us all. We're all a little sad. Pete, you're sad, aren't you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm real sad. You know what? We took the we took the loss, but we're still in leading the division, as far as I can tell. 
Yeah, I tell you what, though, you know what? It, it's, it's sad that they lost, but I like to see a good game. That was a boring game. It was just, it was just one of those games. Like, ah, oh, God, it's just, just. Can we move on already? I mean, it was just one of those things where you just, did, you didn't want to watch, but you had to. Yeah, tonight, tonight's. I want to put it in, in fisherman's terms. We've got about ninety percent of our fan base is, is anglers, and I want to say tonight's Eagle game was like Carolina rigging. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, do you really want to freaking? Do you really want to do that? Like, do you really want to drag a Carolina rig out there? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, nah, you want to flip a jig, you want to throw a buzz bait, you want to do something exciting, but no, you got to drag the freaking Carolina rig out there. You know what yeah. I mean? That's it. Yeah. That's it. it. It was bad. And you know, speaking of football, we did. Uh, we're all Philly fans in the room here, but we did have Willie Young on earlier. Uh, that was pretty cool. Chicago Bears guy, uh, big fisherman. Do a little, do a little flipping jig in the celebration there. That was cool. Yeah, you got to do something in the off season. So I tell you what, it's one thing that you know the, the outdoors is something that's always been a big part of my life, and um, you know I think that's why a lot of athletes get into it because there is a lot of downtime. You know, when you get done your workouts and preparing for the, the upcoming season, you know you got to find something that that you can do and, and enjoy. And I think outdoors is, is where a lot of the athletes go to, and that's something I obviously turned to and, and enjoyed it. You know, for a long time. Yeah. How, how did you get? What's your story, Ben? How did you get involved in the hunting and fishing? Well, you know, like I said, I a, you know, it, it's a weird thing because my dad never did it. Uh, my brother and I were always interested in the outdoors, and uh, I had an uncle that was really into it. Uh, I always enjoyed animals and being outside and being, you know, being around water. And uh, you know, coming home, I, you know, I signed when I was 18 out of high school, and uh, you know, coming home, I was like, you know, turning so much golf you can play. <laughs> but, but, you know, how am I going to get into this? And uh, you know, I really got into it. Uh, it was the, the hunting aspect. Always been fishing my entire life. You know that was something that was always a part of me, and and my brother and I have always done that. And we still to this day, um, you know, our favorite thing to do is go. We're very. You know, I was talking to Brian earlier. You know, we live right in Westchester, PA, and the Brandywine River's right here. So smallie fishing for us is something that uh, cool. that we really get a kick out of. And um, you know, he and I try. And we we don't get to do it. Both of us have four kids each. So it's not as easy as it used to be, but um, but it's definitely something that, that's a big part of us. We love you know going up and down the river and and finding some holes and, and seeing what we can do. But um, but yeah, I mean just being outside and you got to find something to do with your time. And and I always enjoyed the animals and being part of it. You know, obviously we like to to, to eat the animals that we're able to to take. So that's a, that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, brand, brandy wine's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, smallmouth. We talk, we, we we talk about this all the time on the show. There's nothing like a freaking smallmouth, uh, Bob. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, especially yeah. in a river. Absolutely, I mean, there, yeah. there's no comparison yep. to that fight. Yep. Uh, yeah, and the, the thing is, like, you may get into them. You know, some days, obviously, you guys. I don't have to tell you guys, but some days you get into them, it's great. You know, some days you don't. Some days you'll get into a, a bunch of small ones, but they, those things, they just fight, and they, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a real kick in the shorts. You know, we just, we love it, and the, the small ones are just something. Plus, where we we're very fortunate to live out here, um, the. the the Brandywine River is just beautiful, and you can walk up and down it. We have our obviously our our special spots that we like to go, but every now and again you find a new spot, man. It's just it, it's beautiful, and and the fishing is great, and you know you pull some some sneakers out of there. There's some big <laughs> fish in that river. Yeah, there really are. Ben, have you ever had a chance to go up and fish the Susquehanna River? Never have, never have. Well, you, That's something I've, I've never done. Um, 
you know, being being able to do what we've done, um, you know, playing pro ball, I've got the fish in a lot of spots, and it's, it's been cool. Um, you know, being up and I remember my rookie year, and then I graduated Malvern Prep in '95. They sent me to rookie ball in Idaho Falls. I mean, Idaho Falls is right on the Snake River. Yeah. So we did a ton of fishing up there. Uh, we did, you know, that league. We're Montana, um, obviously Idaho, up in uh, parts of southern Canada. There's places up there that we, you know, you go to these you know, brown trout, these little streams that are maybe five feet wide. They, these browns come up and spawn and, and just. You know, you send a live grasshopper down and then down that little stream, and bam, it, it's just, it was really, really cool. Uh, you got to go to some really pretty spots and do some fishing. That's pretty awesome. The reason why I brought up the Susquehanna is you're so close to it, and uh, it's got some of the best smallmouth fishing around, and it's, uh, man, it's it's not but a, an hour or two drive from where you're at, so my boy's yeah. up there at Susquehanna yeah, I mean, Fishing Tackle. Yeah, I've heard a lot of things about it, but, you know, like I said, getting, you know, with four kids, it's a little bit tougher nowadays, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I know there's some great, I mean, some absolutely great spots, and, um, you know, I, I give my, my brother a lot of credit. He's he, he still stays on it, and, you know, he always tells me about different lures and things like that to use. And, you know, we're, we're, it's, we're big on plastics and, and rubber worms down there in the Brandywine, but I'll tell you what, man, it's, uh, it, it is a, it's a kick in the shorts, like I was telling you. What, uh, on the hunting side, Ben, are you, uh, you a bird hunter? Are you hunting deer, or what, what, what do you hunt? I will, <laughs> again, I was telling Brian earlier, I will kill anything to let me kill. <laughs> my, my favorite my favorite thing to do is, is duck and goose. Um, yeah. It's something that, uh, you know, I, when I first started out, I was deer hunting, you know, bow and arrow. Uh, obviously, when deer season comes in with a rifle, I'm doing that as well. It just came up. It's always the first Monday after Thanksgiving. But uh, if, if someone could tell me, Ben, you can go duck and goose hunting for the rest of your life every day i would sign up in a minute i mean it's um a very a good buddy of mine i played ball with uh lives down in, in delaware and he's you know big avid outdoorsman and got a beautiful lab and we used to go duck hunting all the time and a big um down there in salem not in new jersey we used to go out uh we used to put in right there and you know jersey is duck and goose there's no private property per se like if you can get into the to the riverbeds and everything you can go and set up um there's really not a whole lot of private property so you, you're you know free and clear to go where you want uh, a lot of you know private you know, state game lands and things like that and uh i got into the, the duck and the goose and and learn how to call birds and things like that and, and, and like i said if i could do that every day it's it's the best it is absolutely the best plus the ducks eat good <laughs> they, they do they do i mean you know being an outdoors man there's there there's nothing like it for you know for me i mean it's the yep. biggest escape whether it's a hobby or profession it's the biggest escape you, you could have you know it's it's yeah it's, no ki- it's kind of funny because uh my parents you know obviously were from pennsylvania and uh ben said that you know the monday after thanksgiving is always opening day of buck season it is like a religious holiday there right everything's closed man everybody gets off for opening yeah. day of buck season yeah. i think that's for a lot of you know to you know tradition start and that's how i got into hunting you know going going for deer season in pennsylvania man there's nothing else like it man and you know you kind of miss some of that stuff i don't get to do it as much anymore but you know that's 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 unreal man yeah it is it's it's all right. Well, I got something for Especially you. Especially in the day and age that w- which we live, I mean, everything is so 
everything, you know, computer oriented. Um, it's just, you know, Facebook and Twitter and this and that. Yeah. And I think the outdoors just give you that chance to go and just be yourself. Just go out there. You don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> the only thing you have to do is listen. And I think, that, you know, in this day and age, I think that's what one thing why a lot of the athletes get so because they're so in that limelight, especially nowadays. I mean, I've been removed for a long time. Um, and there were some pressures in the set, but there wasn't that social media back when I was yeah. playing. Uh, but yeah. now they're, it, it's such it's such a stage where these guys, they just want to get away and just sit. And I think that's what the outdoors gives them. It's a release. It's a release from that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Rebecca, do you have something? Uh, you getting some instant, uh, instant feedback questions for Ben? I actually have a really funny instant feedback from my mother. Wow. Okay. So, Ben, I am from Pennsylvania. Okay. And apparently, uh, I grew up in uh, Media Middletown area, and apparently, oh, one nine zero six three, I know it well. Yes, <laughs> well, apparently, my brother played baseball with you when you guys played for the uh, Aston Middletown Little League. Wow, what was his name? What Josh was his name? Mattis. What is it? Josh Mattis. I think he would have been a year older than you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. See, it's a small world. Wow. wow. That's unbelievable. That's the Middletown. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. <laughs> this has all come full circle. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Sandy to remember that. Wow. Wild. Oh, absolutely. Well, you got to realize, I mean, Delaware County is, Delaware County where I grew up, I grew up in Aston, Pennsylvania. Um, but, you know, everyone in Delaware County, always, there's always somebody. You could be on the most remote island in Hawaii, and you can meet somebody, and everything will trace back to Delaware County, Pennsylvania. It's <laughs> That's crazy. probably true. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. But, yeah. Well, how's he doing? Please make sure you tell him hello for me. That would be great. I sure, hopefully he's listening, and he heard that. Wow. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Small world. Yeah. Well, sure Ben, is. what was your experience, though, you know, while you were playing, how many guys did you come across, other pros, that were avid hunters or anglers? I mean, was that a Good normal question. thing in the sport, or you know, were you an oddity? Because now we're finding people popping up all over, you know, football players, baseball players. I was not an oddity. Um, I, I, you'd be surprised how many guys do it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... You start to talk to somebody, well, what do you do in the off-season? I mean, because that is one of those things, because you have four and a half months off, literally, unless you make the playoffs. You have four and a half months off, and what do you do? I golf. Anything else to do? Well, I, you know, I like to hunt a little bit. Well, what do you hunt for? And, then, you know, things just start to accumulate. Well, where do you go and this and that? I'm telling you, there are more guys that do it than you would believe. And I would say more guys do it on the fishing end. Um, and, and guys are able to do that. The, the fishing end, because you can do it a lot of the places you can do it year-round. Uh, but the hunting aspect, there's only so many things you can hunt. Like, you, you know, Pennsylvania, you have your spring gobbler. You have, you know, deer in, deer in the off-season. You have your, 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 your uh, upland game birds and things like that. But for the most part, you're not able to do it year-round. Fishing is one of those things you can do year-round. Yeah. And I don't care where you are, even if it's, it's, it's cold, it's January, you can find a stream, you can go, you know, trout fishing or whatever. Um, that's something that guys can do year-round, and, and they're able to do it on the road as well. So I think that that aspect, more guys do it than you think. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, here's a question I have for you. So, you know, I, I, I can just tell you from the pro angling side, and Pete, Pete can uh, back me up on this. You know, we've got, we've got some crazy stories from 
fans and stuff that's happened over the years. But most of the crazy fan stories revolve around 50 to 60 year old white guys from Alabama. With beer bellies. Yeah, with beer bellies and uh, uh, rebel flags. Uh, Any good stories? Any good stories for us that, that you can tell us on air? I mean, you know, again, this is a PG-13 show, but any good stories uh, from, from from over the years? Any good stories? There's, uh, I tell you what, man, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we want them. We want to hear all of them. <laughs> all right, one of them. There's, there's so many. I, I tell you what, I mean, it, there's a lot of a lot of different things that go on. Um, I tell you what, you know, getting back to... I mean, obviously you said it's PG-13, so I can't tell you everything that happened. But, like, just I, the, the, the connections that you have with folks, and you know, your teammates, your managers, and this and that, uh, just give you a one instance. And this is a story that just happened, and it, it's probably not exactly what you're looking for, but, you know, I was just talking with, uh, with Bruce Bosey, who's the manager of the San Francisco Giants. You know, they just won their third World Series in five years. And Boats was my manager in San Diego, you know, from 98 through 2001. My favorite manager, hands down. He's a great guy. He's a big old boy from Texas. Um, you know, every time the teams come into town, I'll make it a point to stop over there. Because doing the, the stuff with Comcast and the pre- and post-game shows, I'm able to get over the stadium and say hello to some folks and former players and teammates that I've, you know, been able to play with. And uh, I go and talk to Boats. And we're sitting there for about, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes or so. And it kind of got, like, idle time. And he looked up at me and he goes, did you kill anything this year? (laughs) 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 So so that's what, you know, that's just what, like, and you talked about, you know, Rebecca was saying about guys in in the pro atmosphere. Like, a lot of guys do it. Yeah, you know what? A lot of guys do it. And that's something that, you know, these guys are coming from, you know, different backgrounds and things. But... I think uh, what, what ties a lot of us together is the, the out more outdoor element. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like talking with Boats and, um, you know, he's like, well, I said, well, I, you know, I ran at some birds last year. I said, you know, we, you know, we, we caught a few on the river and this and that. But uh, I said, it was nothing nothing extravagant. I said, you know, we had number four on the way, so I wasn't able to get out as much uh, as possible. But, um but yeah, I mean, there there are tons of stories, and um, you know, I wish I could convey a lot of them to you. <laughs> we'll we'll save but, that for another show, Ben. We'll have you, we'll have you in the studio. We'll yeah, we got to have you in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We all but, need to uh, live vicariously through your experiences, my friends. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, it, it's just um, I tell you what. There's a lot of great stories and a lot of good stories that we did for. You know, for folks and this and that, but we we had a great time. I mean, uh, you know, I was growing up, like I said, a kid in Aston, Pennsylvania. I get to sign a, a professional contract. I'm 18 years old, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I was just very fortunate to be able to do what I did, I and mean, we were able to do a lot of good things for other folks, you know, and and it's, uh, you know, hopefully it'll come. You know, full circle one day, we can do a lot more for a lot of folks. But uh, I tell you what, I was blessed. I was, you know, not to sound like a Bible beater, but I was blessed to be able to do what I did for a lot of years. And I loved every stinking minute of it. And, uh, you know, got to kill a few things and, and catch some fish along the way. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Can't be dead. That's awesome. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, ben, yeah. thank you for joining us, man. We'd love, we're going to keep in touch with you. We'd love to have you on, on the set one day. Thank you for joining us. Uh, keep it up. Four kids. Good luck with them. And uh, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. my wife's up feeding the, feeding the baby right now. So uh, 
you know, I, I tell you, we're, uh, I appreciate that. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> we, got, we got nine, seven, five, and, and four months old. So oh, wow. We're, uh, wow. We're, we're, we're doing good. But he, I tell you what, my, he's a good baby, knock on wood, and, and he's, he's sleeping, he's eating, he's going. The only time he's fussing, he's got something in his, in his diaper. So. Wow. <laughs> like, I, I didn't get that. God bless you. We've got four over here, too, so I know where you're coming from. Uh, ben yeah. Davis, everybody. Ben Davis. Thank I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Thanks Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. You too. too. Phillies. Man. Mm. This show is freaking stacked, Bri. <laughs> Let's look at you back there, Bri. We haven't seen you all night. Working. Uh, you got me working. Let's here. look at you back. Look at Pete. Nah, nah, that's Pete Tight. Uh, look we at Pete. See Pete Tight. <laughs> no, he's on the couch, so he's Pete out. We don't want to see Pete Tight. Pete, unless you want to play the guitar. All right, there you go. Uh, what are you guys doing back there? Working. Here's what we I want to know. We just hang out eating bonbons I, all night. Oh, that's not true. You're oh. working hard. But I want to know. Why did you stack this show up? This show was stacked. It was stacked. This I mean, was it's the hunting fishing special. No, I'm serious. Because it's about hunting. It was a hunting, <laughs> and we talked a lot about. We had, we have, have had, have had, two of probably the best hunters in the world on the show tonight: Bob Sully and Gerald Swindle. Yeah. Fact. I yes. noticed your camis. Google. They it. don't look like they've been in the woods at all. Nah, oh, dude, man. what are you talking about? You <laughs> don't see other faces. You got to rub some dirt on nah, that shit. Dude, look at look at the scratches from briars. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yeah, dude. And I look see at the it, shoes. Man. Look yeah. at the shoes. Look yeah. how scratched they are. Wow. Uh, yeah. Why'd you stack the show like that for us, bro? I don't know, man. Opportunities. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. It's well, a lot man, of work. I didn't expect to see that hook set. You know, we need Willie Young back on. If he, Willie, he does Willie want to, everybody, was, awesome everybody was great. Everybody yeah. was great. Everybody was great. But it keeps getting back to. I want to keep talking about it. Ben Davis reinforced it. We started with Willie Young. Hunting and fishing go outside of the normal realm of fishing people. You know what I mean? Like we we think uh, we think guys that hunt and fish are just you know rednecks or whatever. Blah blah blah. Dude. It's mainstream. I mean, regular people do it. Athletes, <laughs> entertainers, everybody. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? it, it it's, an ama- it's an amazing thing. So many people in so many different walks of life do it. I tell you, one of the things that I noticed about fishing, when you spend a day fishing with somebody, you have a different relationship. You know, uh, I don't care who it is, whether you're with your son or your father or, or a, a friend, you know. I mean, you spent that time. It changes your relationship. Yeah. And, and hunting's the same way, you know. i got to imagine. I mean, it's uh, th- there's something very, very special about it. And, uh, you know... And I hope, and and I'm taking my son fishing, and I'm teaching him about the outdoors, and uh, and I'm sure all the guys that we talked to tonight are are doing the same thing, and it's a, it, it's it's a really great activity, and that's it you is. know like especially for those pro athletes that are getting in so much trouble, you know there's there there's that group that's out there and constantly you know on the edge of yeah. things, the guys that are going fishing and going hunting, I mean it's a passion, it's consuming, and it, it's it's something. That's really, really good for uh, you know the conservation of our natural resources, yep. and uh, it, it's good for a lot of different stuff. And uh, you know, I'm glad to see all these guys are doing. It's amazing watching these guys come out of the woodwork. I'm, what I, Mariah Carey's on the show next, or uh, who's our next hunter <laughs> or fisherman? I I like mean. <laughs> Mariah Carey's actually from Northern New Jersey. <laughs> that's right. I think we could. Uh, can we call in a favor with John McGraw to get Mariah Carey on the show? Yeah. McGraw. <laughs> I think Dave, you want to comment on this? Can we get McGraw to bring in Mariah Carey? He's an old Teak brother. You know that from, from Rutgers. He's a Teak brother. Who, Mariah Carey? 
Well, Mariah Carey made a round at the Teak House. <laughs> really? I'm, well, I'm I'm just saying what John said. Yeah, Fastest course. man so, on campus? Uh, right. Yeah, Brian, get us back in line. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Focus. All right, focus. Beyond digress. Where, where did we go with this? Uh, we're not going anywhere with this. Okay. Who's next? I don't know who's next. Uh, uh, that's all I got. What do you guys got? You know what? How about Paul Mueller? Yeah, Paul Mueller, exactly. Oh, Paul Mueller. That's actually a good topic. He's going for it. What do you think? That's yeah. right. Well, it, for those of you who don't know... Uh, Paul Mueller accepted the elite invitation. He said yes on paper and financially, which means what? Or Rebecca, what does it mean when you commit to the elites financially? It means $8,000, right? Pain The uh, initial suffering. deposit? <laughs> yeah. $8,000. So he, he, he signed the yes, and he wrote a check for $8,000 to commit to Fish Elite events, which will technically get him how many events if he doesn't pay another $8,000? Two? One and a half? I don't know. I honestly don't know this. You don't know. It's one and a half. Okay. One and a half. But, but part of the announcement... I mean, l- let's be honest. I yes. think when you sign up that initial $8,000 investment, yep. you know that you're out 40 some grand for an entire season. Like, why would you sign up to, to do one well, of that? Well, part of the announcement was... Hey, did you go? He signed on with no title sponsor. Mm-hmm. And and part of the release that I read was, you know, I'm looking for a title sponsor. Oh. Yes. That's very savvy of him. Well, it is. Well, you got to start at the beginning. I mean, uh, you know, I, he. it's important to recognize last year he was invited to the elites mm-hmm. and turned it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, is, wait, I'm, well, who is this guy? Paul Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. I mean, <laughs> thanks for watching does the last hunt? show, Bob. Does he hunt, man? Yeah, does, job, does he hunt? <laughs> he won the Federation uh, Nation. He might. Yeah, he's a Federation. He's a full time guide up in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Last year, he qualified through the through the Federation for the elites. Yeah. Turned it down. Uh, probably a wise move. Didn't have the financials in order. Wins the Federation National this year. Got a lot of attention, a lot yes. of spotlight. He had the sec or the largest five fish ever caught ever. in a Bassmasters Classic. Thirty last year. Pounds. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, I got thirty it. Yeah, pounds. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I've dialed in now. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so you know, a lot of guys do this. I've you know, they'll pay. They'll they put the eight thousand dollars down. They try to recruit a few more sponsors. Yeah. Hope the first two or three tournaments go well. Win a check. And continue to play, you know, and, and keep going. And uh, you know, is is that his strategy? I don't know. I hope. I wish him success. He certainly has shown some very consistent yeah. abilities on some pretty big yeah. stages. He's good. You know? I, th- I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to do good. It's it's uh, it's unfortunate that the uh, why is the phone ringing? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, we always talk about this, but it's unfortunate that you know the sport is still at the stage where. If you get the invite, you've got to take this giant leap of faith financially. Yeah. You know, the 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 future of the sport is you get the invite and you, you fish on your like, merit, yeah. not on 
having to pay $50,000. Like Ben, Ben just said it. You know, he said, I was 18 years old. And I got the call that I was drafted, and I'm sure Great that analogy. yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that call didn't come with the fact that congratulations, Ben, you're drafted. You yep. owe us a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. You're welcome yeah. to the big leagues. Yeah, pay us. Pay us. Yeah. So he yeah. got it. He went the other way. He probably got a hundred thousand or whatever the right. contracts were for yeah, but until rookies. Fishing, until fishing figures out how to make it a spectator sport that major channels. We'll put on TV. It's yeah. never going to be like any day. It's other kind sports. of funny so. you say that because hunting in the last few years, I'm not, you know, like we were talking about with Gerald, man, and this tremendous pressure to, you know, harvest these bucks on TV and the way hunting is going and these shows that are taking off, you know, and, you know, bringing women into it and all these other things. And, and uh, you know, but fishing doesn't seem to get that same, I don't know what you want to call it, press or kind of. FaceTime that it seems like hunting gets. Right. You know? I yeah. mean, you, you, you go on the outdoor channel and it's, you know, all hunting shows, man. The first, stop. the first year that ESPN took it on, I thought they did a decent job in terms of making it a viewable product. Hunting or fishing? Fishing. Yeah. The, the, I think the first year that they made it, and they did a really good job with the on-the-water coverage, much like you did on the Delaware River, where they had in, people who were informed explaining what was happening. Because you either have to have that, or you have to have it done in close quarters, where people can view it from the shoreline and see what's actually happening. Because other than that, it's, it's not going to be like the other sports. There's not going to be a big paycheck because you're invited. You're still going to have to get out on the street and make that money yourself. Yeah. There's there's interesting comments here about sponsorship and such, but... What do we got? Monster Bass says, I think sponsorship is who knows who in sports and not any longer on the athlete. What? What? It, it's you know who knows who. It's like you know the old adage: it's not what you know, but who you know. Right, right. And you know they're not it, basing it on like your right. How you're I, doing. I, I tell you right now there, it, that that's a factor. It's a factor in life, though. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's a factor in business. It's a factor in everything that we do. Certainly, it's prevalent in, in professional fishing. There's guys out there that are well connected in various industries and have big sponsor dollars and have never won a tournament. You know, or or you know haven't don't have the qualification of some other people that have been very, very successful and are no longer fishing tournaments because they couldn't acquire the sponsorship dollars. So, you know, it's, yeah, that, that, I... I have to agree with you, but I, hey, that's that's reality, man. That's yeah. life. It's not fair. It's, it's not even. You know, you've got to hustle in this sport for sure. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Speaking of hustle, uh, what we're going to do right here, uh, Brian the Carpenter, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we're at a great segue point, and what we're going to do here is we're going to take another small break. Uh, this this will actually be a small break, for a medium a, break, a refill and a piss, and <laughs> we're going to come back and we're going to change the show directly to after hours, uh, Ike live after hours, and the rest of the show. Bob, you're going to want to stay for this. I am. This is going to get good. I am. I am. Are you taking the camis off, dude? Because uh, I, I, I see got... those acorns are small, guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, my freaking dong is, is camo too oh, under here. That so. just threw up in my uh, own mouth. Dude. I know. <laughs> and what we're going to do here? We're going to take a small break, and we're going to come back with Ike after hours, and we're going to take for the rest of the show. It's going to be great. We're going to take all questions, so we'll have a phone number up there for you, a toll-free phone number. Call in. We want to hear from you. 
Also, as usual, you can IM us or follow us on Twitter, Mike underscore Iconelli, uh, and we want to hear from you. Ike After Hours in a little bit. Wait one second. We'll be back. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the cue for music, Brad. Uh, my partner here's. Uh, uh, we had. Well, I was killing your music. Now that was a sound effect. That wasn't music. I, I rolled that sound effect for a moment. Okay. <laughs> Do we not have any music? We still nah, we got no music. <laughs> Why do we not have any music? Well, I got a new laptop. Oh. I know. This is like this is like being in the Stone Age here, Bob. <laughs>